Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. The almighty push. Oh, gosh. That's what it's called. It's called the yeah. almighty push. I love ridiculous that shite. <laughs> there ain't no quarterbacks me. It's the almighty push and pushed them right to the seat bowl last year. No, I know it's not. A, I know it's that in their defense, team. Anthony. They, they did have, like, a pretty impressive, like, 10-game winning streak going, and – they scored the 35 points right. in the Super Bowl somehow. It was all right. It was all right. It's okay. It's cool and all. If they didn't that fumble that push, ball. Dog, it was that almighty push. If the Eagles didn't fumble that ball, they would have won the game. And we got to keep, keep it 100. Push. We got to keep it 100, man. Got that from Naruto, the almighty push. Push. Push it right to the touchdown. Ooh. Okay. Push the quarterback in the back. You know, you just, all you got to do is just lift his legs and push me in. Everybody cares when it doesn't benefit them. As soon as it starts benefiting them, then they're like, hmm, go ahead, knock yourself out. Have fun with it. I thought it was – listen, I never complained. I was like, maybe we should be doing that. The, you know what the Bears did? They did the Wildcat with their tight end and couldn't get the first down. <laughs> I, think they, I think they should have an extra – they should have a, 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 player, a player and yeah. offense. You know, he's perfectly fine for the almighty push. He's going to be the he's gonna be the joker of the offense. Or we could just get – or we could just do what we did back in the day with the fridge and just have him run through the line and get first downs. Oh, that help. You know what? Go out there, I, you know, get our most that, athletic defensive tackle, and just hand him the ball and like go ahead. Speaking of that, you know, so quite lately, I have not seen it. Maybe y'all have. I have not seen defensive players playing on the offense, or you know, the reverse lately. Like they used to do back in the days. Remember, like the Patriots used to have that that wide receiver that played cornerback as well. That was Troy Brown. It was like one day. No, he played more than one day. It was more than one day. He was but their fifth wide receiver, so whenever they would go five wide, he would come in. Definitely and do not that. one day because he, he did it too much. If but I ran, and you act like he travels. Regular occurrence, though. You talk like it used to be a regular occurrence. It was one player it, here and there every once in a while. It was almost. It was almost all, all time. When? Oh, if I if I remember it, that means it's, it and, happens more than one. No, you can't name more than five players that play both ways in the NFL. Well, I was just saying, history. In the history, in, in your history of watching NFL football, you couldn't name me five players. Yeah, I can't, of course not. But the thing is, didn't that Taysom I'm, I'm Hill used that to line up a linebacker. No, Taysom Hill was never a defensive player. He never played defense. I'm just saying they just barely plays offense. They don't do it now. No, you're saying they don't do it now. I'm like they never really did. Uh... It, was, it was on occasion. You got a Devin Hester, Deion Sanders. Uh, I mean, if you Troy want to Brown. see Troy Brown, so that's three. Oh, Patrick Peterson did it early in his career. He played receiver? Yeah. Sparingly, but yeah, I do remember him doing that in Arizona. Okay, so, like, Pat, so so Project P. Before Project P. I don't think that's his name, but all right. <laughs> um, And that's it. Then I can't even come up with a fifth one. Oh, wait, no. I came up with one. Mike Vrabel. He caught touchdowns for the Pats. Did it three, four but times. He was, no, no, no. But he was a linebacker. He didn't he didn't play receiver. He just hey, man. caught the passes. Like that's catch some like, touchdowns. That counts. I mean, Pene Sewell caught a damn caught a damn out route last year. Like that doesn't mean he's a goddamn he's a tight end. He if, was a, <laughs> they just put him at if Pene Sewell no. comes in and catches a touchdown pass, that makes no. him a receiver. No, they if you and he didn't just do it board. once, he did no. it like four times. He's like four receiving touchdowns. It's like it's not a gimmick. It's like this is the secret play we use occasionally. Well, if you want to use that, that's that to me, that's semantics. But I'm saying like you got a player that was that was in there, they were running routes, running plays for him. Like he, gotcha. he needs routes. to run over the middle a little bit. 
Like they need to like he needs to be legitimately be like when Hester did it. Hester was a legitimate receiver. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was like playing he defense. ran routes and he was playing defense and he was returning kicks. Like they were using him like you know, like he would like it was Madden. Seriously, <laughs> I I'd love to see a nose tackle just coming out of nowhere and be the fullback or something like that, or be it all of a sudden he's the according nose tackle is a tight end. Yeah, like yeah, Honestly, we went in this way. Do with the nose tackle. Oh, you can say, uh, well, well, when, when, how, how often did did Perry do that? Uh, he did it like I was looking at the eighty-five Bears thirty for thirty recently. He actually did that more than I thought. He he did that in about like seven games. But just that well, one year. Yeah. Well, no, he did it the first two seasons he was with the Bears. Okay. The weight wasn't always an issue for him, and they didn't want to um, give him too much work, and so they were working him into the offense. After the first five games, he started getting more involved in the defensive line because. You yeah. got to remember, there were two defensive tackles that were ahead of him that were also better than him. McMichael yeah. or Mongo, who just passed. And then um, I can't remember the Dan Hampton. Mm-hmm. And then you have Richard Dent. So it's like, do we really need more help on the defensive line? Like, Richard Dent was kind of that dude, you know? He was Bruce Smith. Oh, yeah. Bruce Smith. People forget about him, but yeah. Oh, yeah. These football and, players yeah. don't get much love outside of LT and, like, Joe Montana. And, yeah, and, that's what, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure from an athletic standpoint, yeah. you know, sure, you know, Nick Bosa could probably line up on the other side. But I'm, I swear yeah. to God, if you, if you put Nick Bosa on the opposite side, I'm chop blocking the hell out of him. I'm going for his knees. Can you chop block people still? Yeah, as long as they're engaged. Mm-hmm. You can cut that's block. That's right. You can't have a second. You know, the fact that a second guy used to be able to do that is kind of crazy. It's, it's really messed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think. How was that, that not illegal, illegal before? Like, what? Like the the um, not the crack, but yeah, crack back blocks. Like that block that um he did in yeah. in um that that was in twenty. You could do that nine seasons ago. That was yeah, legal in twenty fourteen. You could just peel back and just clean them out. Yep. Man, I used to remember seeing that on kickoffs all the time. Like, oh lord, them water days. That happened to me once <laughs> on a kickoff return in like Pop Warner too. Somebody hit you with a crack back block. Kid peeled off and caught me. Because I hit him, yeah. I, I I was playing safety and I hit him coming across the middle. In fairness, I laid him out first, but you know, my dad laughs like, "You got your bell rung." <laughs> I probably had like a low grade concussion. But it was all good back then. The concussions didn't exist back then. No, concussions definitely existed in 1995. I'm pretty confident of that. I'm He's very confident. Them, but like like he said, they just <laughs> called it. You got your bell rung. Yep, it's yeah. called today. You got your bell rope. Dust it off. As a 14-year-old, yes, I'm confident. Yeah, you're okay. You got me. Spit some dirt on it. <laughs> I'm fine now. It, you be all right. You know, it was just a little, just, you know, just rub it off a little dirt. You know, that was good. All right. Just so <laughs> you know, we are recording this, and we have been for like the past 20 minutes. So, man, some of this may be included. So, that, you, know, you know, this generation can know, you know, back in the days, people wasn't soft. Back well, in the day, ten years ago, they weren't soft. There's 32 year old guys who had to worry about that. Who played three to five years ago, they wasn't soft. <laughs> it all became now like, last three years or five years. It's still not soft. It's just not as brutal. I look at his list. It's not soft. It's just not as brutal as it was. Um, the way it's I saw your boy more, on... it used to be more violent. Hey, I'm sorry yes. to say this, but after I saw your boy on Sunday, you know, <laughs> doing those flops. What boy? Oh, Chase Claypool. Yes. Hey, honestly, like he's in the NBA and stuff. I'll say this: for whatever reason, and Collinsworth is always right about this. 
whoever the second guy is to push somebody or like pull a face mask or something, whatever people are pushing and shoving, does always get the um personal foul flag, which is crazy to me. It's like, are you not paying attention to this? Are you not seeing both of them going at it? Like now you're gonna throw the flag? Why don't you throw the flag <laughs> on the first push? Like you the ref is standing there watching them. Like the play is over. Like I get it. You know, but you see them arguing and shoving, and that a lot of that was happening in the Bears game because Roshan Johnson ran over some safety from. Yeah, I remember you, number twenty. He ran over your ass, and then you got upset because the rookie ran over you. So then, as he was getting up, you took his leg and tried to throw him to the ground again, and then somebody pushed him, and then he got called for a personal foul penalty. I was like, "This is ridiculous." I don't. Think you got trucked. I don't personally think the ref wants to call it in either situation, but he kind of has no choice in the second time around. Yeah, well, then call it the first time, and it won't happen the second time, because then guys will get kicked out of the game. Don't pay attention to it when it comes to what happens. It's like giving them a yellow card in soccer. It's like, yo, cut the shit out. (laughs) Nobody pays attention the first time. Um, I hope we don't see more flopping, though. I'm sorry to say, that's the reason to turn me off on the NBA. Please, NFL. Players, oh, stop, stop it. With oh, gosh. No more flopping. All it's right, up with the quarterback push. Any more kids push. you want to tell to get off your lawn? Yes, get off. Yeah, see, see, that's the best thing about it. You, you, you bring up something like this, there's a legitimate complaint. You it's know, not a complaint. It's not a legitimate complaint. It is. Why, you, why do this flopping for? It's supposed to be some mental. No, this thing's crap. Stop flopping. Stop being First a bitch. First of all, man. they flopped back in the day, too. Why do you think Jordan got all them calls? Well, it ain't no flopping back in the day. The only person who flopped back in the days was a lot of Divac, and that was his thing. We left him alone because he, he was he was European. And oh, back then, geez, he, was nobody, he was the only European around. And nobody cared. Say that to his face. He will throw you through a window. No, he won't. He will flop backwards. You know, we try to call that is a that is a, that man is a lot tougher than you know and think. He played in the late 80s. You can Imagine. play late games all you want, but I still remember him as the flopper. Okay. And? And that's what so he'll be. He'll be the I like flopper. How, I like how he was flopping when Shaq was hitting him. That's your <laughs> example of him flopping. Anybody would. <laughs> he had a 350-pound, 7'2 man hitting him. He's he's flopping. Yeah, that was a flop. Mm-hmm. Take that, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to take that hit from Shaq. Yeah, okay. All right. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you built different because I'm not you know, built, built that different, way. You know. I ain't built like that, man. It's back in the days, you know. Built we we built tough, you know. Mm. Back in the days, you know, when you know when you grow up, you go outside, you know, you get get bruised and beat up and scrap your knees, and you come back home and smile and eat dinner. Call it a day. Where the hell you? Where the hell was you at? Anthony grew up in a Ford a Ford truck commercial. No, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. That's what it's called. Back, you know, back when the real kids grew up. Oh my goodness! Oh lord. (laughs) Nowadays, people, you know, they just stay home and get boo-boos and stuff and call and flops and almighty pushes in the back in football. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, <laughs> so you went eight and eight. I went eight and eight. And Malik went nine and seven for the win this week. Uh-oh. Malik's mm-hmm. trying to get that lead correctly. That one little, that one little win. Thing is, I didn't yeah. um I didn't pick tonight's game. So I'm already. Oh. Hate to see. It. Hate I to forgot see it. about that. Yeah, I didn't get to pick. I didn't get to pick today, tonight's game either. As far, as far as the whistling thing is concerned. Oh, don't worry. It looks like I'm going to lose because I took Philly. So there's that. But just yeah, a quick I took leave. Philly too. 
uh, Malik's advantage over both of us. The one game that he got over both of us. He took Detroit. I did not. The, I took Detroit we, too. Yeah, I know you did too. The game that he got chat, that we didn't was Cleveland. In our group chat, I put Axel Foley in there. I was like, yeah, this is this is so much I believe in Detroit. I I was the only person that took Dallas. Dallas covered. The Rams covered. Yeah, we all took Philly. We all took Baltimore. But the main game that that Malik got over us was um Cleveland. Because Cleveland beat the snot out of Cincinnati. What did we learn from last week, Malik? Or what did you learn from last week, Malik? So I guess I'll start then. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You bring it up. So there were three things that I learned from last week. Number one is that no matter how many years it's going to be, as long as Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he will have the Giants number because he won, he's won 11 straight decisions um, as the quarterback of the Cowboys against the Giants, no matter where they are, home or away. So he may not be very good, but as long as he gets to play the Giants every week, he's fine. Um, The second thing that I learned is that the San Francisco 49ers pretty goddamn good and are probably the best team in football if everybody's healthy and that Brock Purdy and that it's really really nice when you have when you look at if you look at the San Francisco 49ers um their roster but most importantly their salary cap situation mm. they have like the highest like because obviously they paid Nick Bosa right they still have so they, the most cap room. They have the highest paid. They have the highest paid defensive end. They have the highest paid running back in the league. They have like the third highest. They have like one of the highest paid offensive tackles. They have like the third highest paid run linebackers. And what that what I learned is that salary cap looks really nice when you when your quarterback is the last pick in the draft. Yeah, and, and you, you only have to pay him. Guy I think five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Which should be illegal so, considering he, that he's going to be getting hit occasionally. Exactly. He's making absolutely nothing. To play in the um, NFL. Well, for NFL money. He's playing, he's, no, he's making not, like yeah, Canadian no, football league money. Of course. Of course. Um, and then the third thing that that I learned um, that I think I already knew, but it was just, just kind of reiterated is if Tua Tungavailoa doesn't get hurt, the Miami Dolphins may break the scoring record. They're already, they may just do that this year. And I should have drafted a ton of them in fantasy football, and I did not this year, um, just because I was afraid of two is getting two are getting hurt. But they may be the most exciting team to watch, the most, the most fun team to watch in the NFL. Um, seeing, I think Tyreek Hill is a cheat code, personally. I just think that that guy is a freaking cheat. I, I, I don't think it's fair that he's allowed to play football and run that damn fast. Again, just just burn you know professional cornerbacks like that. That's not fair. So that makes sense. I hear you. It he can get open anytime he wants. My pop said it on the Thursday pod. He can whenever he feels like the only other person I've ever seen run past somebody like that. It looks it it looks more impressive when he's doing it because you didn't notice it as much with Randy Moss. Yes. Randy Moss was running by people easy. Yeah. Him. Marvin Harrison would do that occasionally, but Tyreek Hill, it looks so effortless. Like they're running as fast as they can, and he just speeds up just enough. Mm-hmm. And it makes one-handed catches while also keeping you away from reaching in. Like 
he's chicken fighting with the hands, and then he just makes a one-handed catch. And that that throw from Tula was ridiculous. You know who else I'll give credit to for used to run by guys? Like, you remember Rocket Ishmael? Oh, that's he all he that could do, yeah. Him and Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway used to do that shit, yeah. too. Especially He's still Joey fast. Galloway, Ohio State Joey Galloway. My goodness. Insane. Yeah. He could but, probably still run a 4-6, yep. like 50. But those are my three lessons learned from last week, week one of the NFL. Great week. Right. Great week. Glad to be in week two. And did you learn anything from week one? Yeah, I learned a couple of things here. Um, the first thing I learned is uh, um, Justin Fields is actually a good um, quarterback, but the thing is that he's surrounded by a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> the, the coaching needs to go. The offensive line is horrible. When they, when they talk about, you know, false start the whole offensive line. Yeah. And, you know, that goes to coaching right there. I'm sorry to say, maybe a GM needs to go as well. But Justin Fields is actually a good quarterback if he's actually surrounded by actual good people. Chicago should be, be a better team than they are right now. I you agree have to agree with, with me on that one. I do. Um, I thought Claypool would be better. This is the worst effort I've seen out of him. Everybody's been making highlight videos of him just not blocking anybody. I don't know if he just didn't block or he's just terrible at blocking. I would like to give the men the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's just really bad at it. I don't know. But then they showed that one deep route he ran on the double move, and that was that was a pretty sorry double move, too. So, yeah, it did look like he wasn't really trying a lot. He wasn't really paying attention. So, and Malik um, stole my, my, my Miami thing. Oh, sorry, you want to finish? You guys say Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The offensive line is like, is they are a C plus. They, they can get better, but people are hurt. Their starting left guard is hurt, and other people are hurt, so people are moving around. Malik stole my Miami thing, so I want to steal something that he mentioned earlier, but he never mentioned as it's one of the three things he's learned. Hmm. You know, that quite I learned this as well because I agree with him. Casey's just an average one-dimensional team without what's the name they tight end. <laughs> and I agree hmm. with that. <laughs> I definitely learned that shit. I definitely agree with that. And we can oh. see, see how teams played on that one later on. See, that's dear right. it. I didn't learn that because I knew that before the game started. <laughs> well, I learned that. I learned that from you. Thank you for telling me that <laughs> and showing me that. And I definitely agree with that. And the third thing I learned, well, mm -hmm. I learned this from last year, but I want to relearn. I relearned this again on Monday night that the Jets own quite Josh Allen. Jets defense owns Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, they have his number. The last three games against the Jets is not great. It's not good. Josh Allen's going to go back to his normal scheduled program as being a good quarterback next next week, but just basically shut him down. Josh Allen, there were the number of times that he, like, that you, if you watched that, because I actually wound up watching the All-22 replay uh, on NFL Plus of, of that game. Of course you did. At least, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, but if you watch Josh Allen – play checkdowns that he just elects to not go for and the amount of you know easy throws he elects to not take um it's astounding it really is he is the show him the easiest path towards doing something and he will go the other way he just he, he intent he completely intends on making life as mo as difficult as he possibly can for him so he's um, always trying to make the big play he's always he's trying to make him. and not just the big play like when he runs with the ball, did you see he was trying to hurdle people? Mm -hmm. like, get and your ass on the, the ground, shoulder, yeah. lower the shoulder, and you're trying to hurdle people. That's gonna come back to bite him in a couple of years. It's cool year two, but you know, you're not at the goal line, dog. Like that ain't necessary. 
He's gonna end up being like Ben Roethlisberger. It's ridiculous. Make the easy throw. The defense is always gonna give you something. Like there's no defense down everything. The defense is gonna find that hole. Something. Take what the defense gives you when you get out and you get out and run. Slide when you got the opportunity to save yourself for the next play. If it's third and six, get six. Don't go for thirty-eight. Like it's okay. If it's, if if thirty-eight is there, it's available. Get it. But if he's triple covered, my gosh, just leave the dude alone. Get the six and go home. Get back to the line of scrimmage. I do like that meme that came out after the game, though. There was basically like he threw three picks to number three on the Jets for Demar. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, really? Oh Lord! I was like, dang! That's what he, he, did like, for, he did it for Demar. That's hilarious. Yeah. You like that meme, huh? Of course, of course yeah. I like that meme. Well, that guy hit his bonus in one game, so that's pretty nice. He should have yeah. negotiated a higher bonus. <laughs> I don't know. He should have had more faith in himself and like, I'll get three picks by seventeen games. Like, come on, whitehead. <laughs> I mean, you know, ask for half a million. What are you gonna be like? No, like. We don't want you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Put in four picks next time. I get half a million dollars. She definitely, I would have definitely did that. You never three, know. Three in one game is rare air. Like that's not something most players can do, or right. even get the opportunity to. Sure, the GM will look at Whitehead like, "Yeah, I doubt you're going to get that." Put a couple of million in there. Also, he gets that one night. Boom, yeah. done. Well, is there anything else you learned, Dan? Um. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I did learn that Deshaun Watson is actually an okay quarterback. While still, what? I, he had a bad, he I, had a great game. Well, I still learned that Russell Wilson is still a scrub. Yeah, oh lord, okay, that's pretty true. That's that's not true. It is true, um, and I've been saying this since he was at last year in Seattle. He's no, scrub, he's washed. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell everybody I'll tell our listeners what I learned. Joe Burrow didn't uh, practice all training camp due to a calf injury, so he's going to start super slow. And he's lost, I think, in Cleveland. He's never won in Cleveland in his career, and this is his fourth year in the league. Am I correct? So, well, all I know yeah. is the ink is still drying. So well, you know, I guess three because he missed his first. His first season. He, no, he, no, he played he like the first eight, nine weeks. So that counts. I thought he missed the whole season. No, nah, he played like up to week seven, and then he tore, he tore his ACL, and then he came okay. back next year, went to the Super Bowl, and then last season and then this year. He played like eight games, so he didn't get like a whole season in, but he played like I want to say six or seven games. I know I keep lowering it, but somewhere around there, I know I'm right. But Joe Burrow didn't play the whole preseason, and that matters. And he can't beat Cleveland. Miles Garrett is the best defensive lineman in the NFL. Um, it is not Nick Bosa, it is Miles Garrett. Okay, don't at me, don't find me on Twitter. Don't tag me on in your Instagram post. Uh, that's what that game showed to me. Yeah. Isn't and, it what's from Dallas? That was no, no. So, no. What's the name? Dexter Lawrence is a bad dude. But Miles Garrett is, um, listen, he came up and was doing crossover dribbles in front of the guard. And he was just coming over the middle as a linebacker. <laughs> I was like, yo, he really is that dude. Um, either the Dolphins have the greatest tackles in the game. Or Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa have lost a step because they did not get to Herbert. I mean, to uh, Tua sure. at all, aka Donnie Football. I just learned today his middle name is Donnie, so TD. They did not get to TD at all. They didn't get one sack the entire game, which is amazing to me. Arizona's terrible. 
they're going to try as hard as they can, but they are awful. They really are awful. That 10-point spread, or that touchdown spread was not warranted. Um, they're not going to get blown out every game because they know they have to try as hard as possible. And these guys are looking at this as an opportunity. So some of them are going to step up. But they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose like uh, 15 games. They're not going to go two and 15. They're not as bad as I thought. Atlanta's defense is much better. Chicago Bears offensive line is decent. Um, I hate our offense coordinator right now. But, you know, that's in line with him calling 17 screen passes and thinking that's an offense. I don't know what that was about, but. Hey, I guess that's what they worked on all week in practice. And the Giants may have the worst team in the NFL. Um, I don't know what's up with their offensive line. I was surprised that they couldn't get Saquon going. They got nothing going. They lost 40 to zip. That um, stat of the day that I saw, the they lost turnover battle 7-0. They had a field goal block for return for a touchdown and throw a pick six. And the only team in NFL history, history, since 1922, to have that happen in a season, let alone in one game. So, yeah, that's pretty terrible. And Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback, even though they have three quarterbacks. That's also what I love. Tennessee has nobody playing quarterback. That's, yeah, I'll wrap that up right there. You know, it's a free preview for what, what I learned this week, that yeah. Vikings running back sucks. What the hell? Start running, mother. <laughs> 24 attempts I mean... for nine yards? Are you kidding me? You better do more. Than, this is halftime right now, but you better be doing more. I, I don't know who that GM likes in that team, but I know it's not Kirk Cousins, and I know it's not Dalvin Cook because uh, he doesn't really want Kirk, but he had no other options. You know? That – oh, and I also learned that turf is terrible for players and grass is uh, way better. Well, according to players, yes. According to George Toma, the sod father, former Whoa. head NFL groundskeeper for 50 years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what a shock! The guy who 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 was in charge of grass, yes, who got who decides, who, decides who, that fake grass isn't 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 good. Yeah, it takes you away know, my wow. job, so of course, fake grass is not good. If you maintain, he said, if you maintain it properly, it's also of pretty course. good. Of course, you the landscape guy playing. says you should back you should, you should keep your grass up. Come on now. Hey, listen. At least Come the on. Jets upgraded their turf to have better turf, but. If you're gonna have 39 year old quarterbacks, maybe uh, have some grass out there. That's like a McDonald's cashier saying, "Don't go to the kiosk." Like, like, like kiosks is bad for you. Kiosks are bad for you. You shouldn't should ring up there. Think, so what you're saying is he's doing this. He's retired, by the way. The man's 94 years old. So what you're saying is this is self preservation. Yes, yeah, self preservation for the rest of his son and the you know the his son's son. You know they want to keep it in the family. What I'm saying, oh, yeah, what I'm saying is he's speak he's speaking to the thing that he that's he knows thing. the most about, which is grass. He's also the most passionate about. Of course. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he just he not not only does he know most about it, yeah. he's passionate about it. That's he's his the one grass take over the business. Grass wouldn't expect him to I wouldn't expect him to go, interest. yeah, turf is king, man. That's great. Look, you know what Quinn Williams said? I'm going to go agree with him. He doesn't care if he plays on concrete. <laughs> okay. Well, that's insane. <laughs> All that's, I know is, out of mind. you know, mm-hmm. folks have been playing on turf fields for a very, very long time. Yeah. And the the uh, propensity, I don't, I don't know if the, um, the rate of injuries is much higher. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better just to wear sneakers on turf? On, um, what's the name of those turfs? Well, clearly yeah. you've never played on turf. No, of course not. Do I look like I play on turf? 
the 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 late the the newer turf. But I remember years ago, you years ago, um, players used to play with um, cross turf shoes. Yeah, it was because uh, it was like playing on a carpet, and it was yeah. pretty bad. It was really bad. Yeah, they didn't they didn't wear they didn't wear cleats. They could you couldn't wear cleats in the old turf because that literally, I mean, your cleats would get stuck and and yeah. your your ankle would go this way, your shoe would go that way, and it was. It was, yeah. it was and it was still out here doing it as opposed to grass. And I don't I don't yeah. get why. Listen, if Cleveland can have a natural grass field, every team in the NFL can grow grass. Well, okay. that's Cleveland. Philly had natural grass forever, and that's why they went when they went to the link, they went they got hurt, they got turf or what is it? What I don't know. No, no, they now. when they were at the veteran stadium, they had that terrible turf that had like seams in it because they used to play baseball there too at the back at the back. That was awful. Like it was ridiculous. A, a ground ball would turn into a ground rule double just because it bounced off a certain spot of the turf. It was extra bouncing. It would go into the damn stands. It's horrible. I think that's how the Phillies won the 1980 World Series. What about they just tape up their, their ankles like they do in the NBA? You don't think they're taping their ankles? Hey, I don't know. All right. do, I, do I look like I'm in the dressing room when they do this stuff? Um, I think it's called a locker room, madam. Not a dressing room. <laughs> dressing room. <laughs> dressing room, locker room, whatever. <laughs> okay, Hollywood. Am I in their dressing room? I'm not in their dressing room when they come out on stage to sing. I mean, play. <laughs> All right. I like that. That was funny. Yeah. Well, I'm not. But I'm, the thing is that my point is still this: I'm not in there when we Fair when enough. we played when we played uh, the, what's the name urban urban football whatever. We just showed up. That's not what it was called. But I we were playing flag football and it was a turf field in the east. It was literally on the East River. We also didn't flop, damn it. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't flop. <laughs> we didn't have no almighty no quarterback push. Thank you. And back in my that day. That wasn't allowed. We weren't playing actual tackle football. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, uh, I don't know what people did on their best bets because I'm going to be honest. I didn't remember three and three. track those. We all went three and three on our best bets. Great. I'm tracking the lead, best bets. You only lead by one game in the regular, uh, as opposed to everything else. Thank yep. you, Jets, for uh, covering me up and getting me to eight and eight. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, we appreciate that win. Yeah, your season isn't over. You guys got hope. So yeah, I tell believe. Tell that to the rest of the fan base. Uh, <laughs> listen, you got that defense, and Zach isn't a total dummy. So I think you'll do yeah. it. As soon as you say Zach, that's what throws everything out the window for the fan base. For me, hey, I man, he threw that touchdown pass, games. didn't he? He threw that touchdown pass. He also threw a really bad pick in that game. Too. He took with the defense. Yeah, you know who also threw a bad pick. Uh, Josh Allen, three of them, three times. Okay, he fumbled it too. If you throw one pick, and that's it, that's fine. He's learned to minimum. He's he's learning to take what the defense gives him, and he's learning. I don't have to force the ball like these guys will get open. I do say I did say one thing. I wish I did had the money because I had to do other things. But I did wish I had the money to show up in New York to be at that game. That game was rocking. Looks like the the whole stadium was shaking. I don't know if y'all. Well, of course I saw it, but oh. I saw how fans were filming it, and it looked way better than I normally would see it. Like Jet it looks like this game that's going. Yeah, Jet Life actually looks better than this game that's playing on right now. Wow. Well, the Philly game. Maybe Philly just feels like a letdown since they went to the Super Bowl last year. No, I'm talking about the as far as for being in the crowd or whatever like that. Yeah, I got you. And Philly is up 13-7 at halftime. And Madden, so, needs to add, Madden needs to add that in, too. The, with the lights turning all green and crazy and stuff like that, Madden mm. needs to add that in, that in there. That shit was badass. You it want light me, shows. Yes, yeah, light shows. It, it reminded me of the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. How old are you? It's before my time. I don't remember that. 
<laughs> are you, how are you not gonna remember that when you went when you was alive in the nineties? I was. Who told you, you this? You don't. You don't remember the the beginning of the Bulls games when Jordan came out, whatever. And he they had remember. the song playing. He remembers. Whatever. He's. Just I remember. Yes. You. I was about to I say, do. come on now, you're, you shoot. He's just messing with you. Try to try to act like you were one of those dudes that only know about LeBron and stuff. He is the king. King by uh, Green Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta is favored. Is an underdog. They're getting one and a half points at home. Um, I will start with this one. I have no faith in Green Bay. I think they just took advantage of a bad Bears defense. The fact that we were able to put up 20 points on them says more about how good Justin Fields is. And the fact that they were able to take advantage of the corner that was out, um, you know, that was important. But they really have one offensive player, and he's dealing with a leg injury. So, I don't know. I didn't really see much from Dobbs or Watson. I know Watson was hurt. But Atlanta actually looks like they have a real defense. They took advantage of a rookie quarterback, which is what they should do. Desmond Ritter doesn't look amazing, but their running backs do look amazing, and their defense is much better. So I'm going to take Atlanta getting those points. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta. And who do you got? Um, You see what the spread is, right? One and a half. Uh, I, I kind of believe that that means they don't really believe in Atlanta, in my opinion. Home underdogs, I like them, you know. Yeah, they can stay home underdogs. I'm going with Green Bay with this one and taking another win. Mm. Quite, I, don't, I think Atlanta's another punching bag. So I'm going to go with Green Bay. Mm. And actually, give me, the, give me the over in this one. Okay. I don't know what the over-under is. I'm not going to lie. Um, it is 40. Wow. That's pretty low. I would take the over on this as well. Yeah. Malik, who do you got? So... I actually did watch a fair amount of the Green Bay Chicago game last week, as as Aces you did as well, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that Green Bay looked pretty good uh, overall, but and their def- their defense played a lot better than I expected them to. Um, last year, their defense was middle of the pack, um, uh, no pun intended. But this, <laughs> but yesterday, but last last week, they actually played a full um, sixty minutes of football, and uh, they, for for lack of a better term, they dominated the the vast majority of that game. It was it was closer than I think it it probably it it was closer than it looked um, on the you know in, at the score. Uh, it was closer than it looked because they really dominated that the, the majority of the game, especially in the trenches. Um, Atlanta looked incredible. I watched a good amount of that game too. And Ace, you're right. Atlanta did look really good. I think I mentioned this um, when we were talking about the Atlanta Carolina game, we were previewing it last week that Arthur Smith being the, um, you know, coming from the Tennessee Titans and knowing what the Tennessee Titans like to do, like they look like the Tennessee Titans. They almost resemble um, between the, the two headed running back situation. Of course, uh, you know, in Tennessee, they had just Derrick Henry, the mobile quarterback who's got a who can make a couple of throws, but he's not, you know, they're not going to rely on him or lean on him in, in the same way, just like Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And they're going to lean on that defense. And that defense is young, it's fast. Um, and they get up and down the field and they make and they make plays. Um, I think that they've got a pretty good chance here to win this game, especially at home. So I'm going to take Atlanta and I like that one and a half. I'm going to take them and, um, you know, want to see, want to see, want to see if, if, if the main thing is, I want to see if that, if Jordan Love can can win on the road, right? This is his first road opportunity. 
um, in a regular season game. He looked pretty. He looked pretty good. I'm sorry. No, he was in. They were in the road in Chicago. Sorry. Um, he looked pretty good for one week. Let's see what he does this time around. Better defense um, and an offensive system that seems to have itself figured out a little bit more than the Bears did. So I'm going to take Atlanta and I'll take the uh, the over in this game. All right. And um, I know the line is updated for MGM, but for some reason, well, we've been using the Yahoo Pick'em to track our tickets, track our picks. Uh, Las Vegas at Buffalo is the next game up on the sheet, 1 p.m. Uh, Buffalo, I expect to win this game. The line that they have on here, which is they say they're getting from MGM, which at one point was nine and a half, is now only Buffalo is minus Buffalo is minus five and a half. So I, I guess so many people came in on Vegas getting all those points. They knocked it down. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Buffalo only having to win by five and a half instead of nine and a half. Cause that seems like a lot. Probably get me to take Vegas. So I'm going to take Buffalo at minus five and a half. That seems like an easy one to me. Josh Allen had a bad game. I don't expect Vegas to come in and do much. The only reason why they beat Denver is because Denver missed an extra point and a field goal. And defense didn't play as well as they could have. Russell Wilson threw two touchdown passes in the first half. He needs their Jerry Judy back desperately. Um, it feels like he's doing his job. He's holding up his end of the bargain. Is he playing, you know, MVP level ball like he was his two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, two seasons ago when he was with uh, Seattle? No. But I don't know if this team is as good as that team. It might have been last year, but who knows? They, last year was kind of a waste for them. Um, but Buffalo should definitely easily handle Vegas. I don't see really much offense going for them, and Garoppolo is good. He's serviceable, but he is what he is. And I just don't have much faith in Vegas winning this game. So I'm going to take the Bills by a million. But uh, minus five, minus six and a half. Don't take it over. It's over seven and a half. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I'm surprised you told me to go ahead because I'm going to tell you what how it is. Buffalo's going to whip the out of them. This is going to be a beatdown from life. Josh Allen's going to come back to life. He's going to be, he's going to smack the crap out of them. Take Buffalo. I'm taking it over on this window. I think the over and under is 47, right? Yeah, it's high. It's yeah. high. 48. Yeah, that's, how, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a beatdown. If you have fantasy players in Buffalo, you better take them. If you have the defense in Buffalo for fantasy, you better take them as well. Might as well put that in, up in the open there. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be sacked a whole lot. You're going to think his name is Danny Dimes um, this week. But um, definitely take Buffalo. Take them in the over. This is a, this is an ultra part. This is a, Buffalo's home opener right here. They're not disappointing. They're not going to disappoint after what happened last last week. They're going to yeah, come not, out swinging. They're, they're not going to go 0-2. They're not going to 0-2. All right, Malik, what do you got? They might come back too, I believe. Um, yeah, I agree. Buffalo won't go 0-2. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to, I'm going to bet MGM again right now. I want to, I want to check out this line again. Um, because I, I don't understand why it would have dropped four and a half points. Um, it was nine and a half, like, this morning it's not a half on yahoo right now it's still not a half yeah so i'm trying to figure out what what could have possibly happened to drop it that far like oh no money... it's eight it's eight right now oh 
I'd say because the money could not have gone that far down. For so the Vegas. Bills got to win by eight points. I take that yeah. back. The Bills got to win by eight points. Where did I see that line at? I better really okay. jump on that. Yeah, Bet MGM got it eight and a half. Bet yeah. MGM has it at eight and a half. So I see, I see Yahoo has it at nine and a half. So if you're putting in your, if you're putting in your picks on the Yahoo side, you're looking, you're, you're, you're adding a point to this. Uh, I'm pretty confident that the Bills can win this. Um, I don't know the nine and a half is a, is a, is a big number. Um, but the reality of the situation is, if Josh Allen brings down his, he doesn't turn the football over. The Bills are a much better football team than the Vegas than than the Raiders are, and should. I won't say dominate, but they should win pretty handily uh, against a Raiders team that just doesn't can't match them talent for talent. Um, maybe the combination of Jacobs, um, Jacobs Garoppolo and Devontae Adams were able to get some points on the board and and, and make things a little bit interesting for the team. Um, and and maybe 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 they're they, they're able to keep the score low. Um, but Buffalo's defense looked pretty good last week against uh, against the Jets, you know, albeit down a man. Um, and if they continue, if they can continue to, to to play that style of football, they should give themselves a bunch of a number of opportunities to to get the ball rolling and and get points on the board, get the ball back out to Stefan Diggs. I think this is going to be a good coming out party for the for that whole that whole group um, to really step on it, step on the gas, and and make a statement here that they're not. Uh, not faltering. So the number looks a little a little wild at nine and a half, but I think I'll take it, even though Vegas is one and oh um and, and did look decent against Denver. So I'll take mm-hmm. Buffalo and I'll I'll roll with the over on this. The one thing in that equation that you're gonna need to equal a win, Garoppolo, is uh may not be adding to that equation. That's the only thing I'll say. I don't believe in Garoppolo Garoppolo. No, That's why he's on the Raiders. Baltimore. Hey, you took Buffalo too. I took Buffalo that's, too. Yeah, that's a sweep on Buffalo. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's, this is gonna be my first lock of the week too, as well. We all believe more in Buffalo than we do in Vegas, and that's. I think that's why this is the biggest spread this week. Uh, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow. Who's the locks? So we want to say that the words. Hmm. Who's recording the locks? I'm I got him. Okay, Malik. Well, thank you, Malik. I mean, yeah. And I'm gonna, you know, I'll put it on the blog anyway. Are so you, follow are, us at com. Are we putting the best bets with the over/unders, or are we just setting it setting it as just just the team? Honestly, the- I, I mean, we tracked the over/unders the last couple of years, but I'm not. I don't really. I don't really bet too many of those to begin with. And to be honest with you, and because of how people are using the preseason, a lot more unders have been hitting. Okay. Um, I think 70% of the games were under last week. So that lets you know, not playing teams that did not play starters, their offense started a little bit slower. So maybe these first couple of weeks, that's just typical. as an overall suggestion, I, I probably lay the under most of the time. That's typical. I think a lot of the, yeah, that happened last year too. Last yeah. year was, it was a, it was pretty consistent. Actually, with almost half the season before the, the number shifted, I think it was like 67% for like a good portion of the season. Exactly. So if you see two teams that are kind of mediocre or more defensive heavy, don't expect Baltimore Cincinnati to be uh 35 31 or even 27 21. The over under for that game is the over under for that game is oh man I just had it up what's going on here. The over under uh, for that game is 39 and a half or 40 is what I'm saying. Well, I see 46. Yeah, 40 see, it was 46 the last time I checked it. You're seeing 46? Mhm. From Baltimore? 
what are these odds I'm seeing from? Yeah, I'm seeing 46 and a half right now at BetMGM. Wow. These are not up to date at all. Refresh your screen. I am. <laughs> Control all delete. All right. Well, this is not a great podcast. I'm sitting here just looking at what the lines are. Uh, right, ABBA. Get the court, get the stuff right. No, I still have it. It's still popping up as 40. I did refresh. Wow, that means they're using stale data. That's messed up. All right. Well, I have uh, Baltimore getting three and a half points going on the road. They're the underdog here. I'm going to take Baltimore. If this gets bet down to three or even, I, I would take them going down to three even. But right now, I see them at three and a half on uh, most of the sports books. So yes. that is what I would take. So I just think that um, their defense is good enough. Baltimore is going to, Cincinnati is going to continue to struggle, probably not as much as last week. But uh, Baltimore's run defense is really, really good. Really, really good. So that is what I'm leaning on in terms of that. And yeah, Malik, go ahead. Yeah, started out first and foremost, feel bad for uh, J.K. Dobbins, um, you know, dealt with injury issues pretty much his entire career, was looking good in the preseason, um, had heard good things about him coming into the coming into the season. And then he has, he was an Achilles, right? I believe he, he tore his Achilles as well, um, mm-hmm. as well as Aaron Rodgers did. Um, and yeah, now he's out for the season. Uh, so it sucks. Uh, you know, wish him well, hope he's able to come back. Um, I hope it's not but his career. Cause a lot of people are basically saying like, he, he just might as well be, be done for his career. Hope that's not the case. Cause he's still young. Um, but Baltimore, it, it watching that game last week, uh, and, and watching some of the replay that I, I, I checked out, their offense just looked out of sync. For a lot, I I don't I don't really know what the reasoning was because Zay Flowers had a pretty good game. Odell made a couple of nice catches. Um, just looked like Lamar just didn't didn't have it. He was he was off on his throws. Uh, maybe not having Mark Andrews um, was was a about, I would assume Mark not having Mark Andrews was a huge uh, issue for them um, because of what he what he adds and provides to to Lamar in that offense. I don't know if Mark is if Andrews is slated to play this week. Um, I don't know if he showed up on the injury report yet. He but, has, yeah. Okay, he, he's going to play? Is he questionable? He's not his... expected to play. Okay. It's still iffy. Okay. Yeah. So if he's out, uh if he's out and this game is in Cincinnati, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Bengals to cover. Um I think that that's a, a pretty safe bet that they can they can definitely win the game and if they're going to win the game, they're going to win by, you know, by, I I would expect them to win by 4 or 5 points. Um maybe even a touchdown. So I'll go ahead and take Cincinnati and and I'll I'll slide to the under the under here as well. It's AFC North battle. Those teams usually play each other tight and they usually don't score score a lot of points because both defenses are pretty, pretty solid. So uh give me Cincinnati and the under. Um, but I would say if you guys are betting on Sunday and you find out that Mark Andrews Andrews is playing, then I would trend back towards um towards uh towards Baltimore um with the points. That's it. Cincinnati and the under. All right. Yeah. Okay. I was just looking this up just to make sure here. It says here, Andrews has logged back-to-back practices and open the week, but same could be said for him last week. Teams uh, ultimately decided to, may ultimately decide to sit him. We quite definitely don't know until the games and actors are announced, but um, I'm going to go to the opposite. I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well. 
I think that's what you pick, right, Malik? Yeah. Yeah, I'm picking Cincinnati as well, but I'm still gonna go with my overs and unders. I know y'all guys might be going away with that, but I'm taking the I'm taking the over in this one. I think it's gonna be Bengals gonna come back out, gonna start you know, gonna start scoring some more. They're gonna have to start making up. Joe Burrow's gonna have to make up for that ink that he just that's drying on his contract right now. Can't have another game like like he did last week. And Lamar, you know, is gonna you know pick up his step as well. Just like Malik said, he was out of sync. That preseason stuff is kick, you know kicked in, but this week too, this basically. Um, what's the name? The the preseason is basically over. They gotta get rid of that funk. They this is a um quite a division game, so I'm gonna expect more when it comes to this. So I'm gonna go with the over. This I believe the over is we was just said 46. 46. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take the over in this one, and I'm gonna go with the Bengals on this one. All right, I will be taking the under, and I'm gonna make this my first lock of the week. Baltimore Ravens because they're getting three and a half. And I think this is going to be a field goal game. These games between these two games are always very close. And Baltimore and Cincinnati did not play either of their quarterbacks at all during the preseason. So I think that's what led to the uh, to the slow starts for both of these teams. Next up, we have Seattle going to Detroit. Detroit is favored by five and a half points. And the over-under for this is 47 and a half. Um, after seeing Seattle get beat by the Rams at home, I was kind of shocked by that because I expected them to have the better linebacking and uh, secondary, and they did not. Geno Smith looked uh, very vulnerable back there. I actually saw that clip where he said, oh, my God, when Aaron Donald was running at him uh, unabated, which was kind of nuts, but I'd probably say that too. <laughs> he got rid of the ball because he's smart, so he learned that. He's like, I'm not taking these hits for no reason. But they still were able to get a touchdown, and they had a lead for part of it early. Um I don't know if Detroit can just blow them away, but I do expect this game to go Detroit's way. I don't want to lock it in just yet because I know Seattle's going to be, you know, they have a really good coach who's been there for a while and they have an identity as a team. Um, Detroit's run defense is really good. So I think that may come into effect, and Seattle definitely needs to run the ball to get that going to get their whole offense going. Therefore, I'm going to be taking Seattle to cover this. I expect them to lose by like three or four points. A field goal is coming is going to come into play here, so I'm taking Seattle to cover, but Detroit on the money line. I'm going to be definitely taking the under. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Um, the fact that the over under is at 47 and a half, I think it's going to come in just under on that. Go ahead, Malik, with your Lions. Hey, hey, wait, before Malik um, goes, he should go last. Is this is no. Go ahead, Ann. So I'm going to go first and make it real fast. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm taking them to over. I, of course, I am. And quite the Lions are quite and now, in my opinion, they're the Kingslayers. They slayed the Kings last week. They're the Kingslayers. You know, I'm going to go with them. I'm taking the over. And this is going to be my second lock of the week. Yeah. I, I said something crazy. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll give you credit, Andy. I think you locked in the Lions last week, too. Yes, you did. You locked in the Lions last week, too. So, you know, you, uh, you're you staying you're staying on trend there. Yep, um, it's lock of the week. So, obviously, you know, first, uh, this is the home game for you know, Seattle lost at home to, to the Rams last week. Detroit won on the road in Kansas City. Um, so, Detroit's going home. I'm pretty sure that they they remember um, the 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 ass whooping that the Seahawks gave to them in Week Four last season. 
um, in Detroit. I remember it distinctly. Revenge. Um, and with and the team should will be looking to to you know to write the ship as it pertains to that. Um, a pre shout out shout out to um, my man CJ Gardner Johnson, who and if you guys have you guys probably haven't heard this. Um, he Why has he told them to show up? Not only did he tell him to show up, he told him to show up with wearing uh, blue ski masks. Yep, I saw that. (laughs) It seems like a good idea in Detroit. (laughs) And and yeah, and the follow-up to that was, yes, if you're going to wear them in the stadium, that's fine, but please take them off when you're outside. Um, I don't have a blue ski mask. I'm not going to be in Detroit this weekend, so I, you know, if I did, I would wear one from home and watch the game for like for like three minutes because it's, it's still stupid hot. I don't know what the hell TJ Gardner Johnson is thinking about. He played <laughs> in the stadium. They're gonna have the AC. Look, he played last year in January. He was in Philadelphia in January. It was it, there was a reason for it to be like that, but it's not yet cold in Detroit. It ain't gonna be that cold. Can they open up the roof at Ford Field? I don't think so. I don't think that roof is retractable. Gotcha. So right. yeah. Um the other thing that uh is 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 gonna be of note for this weekend is this weekend is um to, it's this Sunday is Barry Sanders Day in Detroit. They are unveiling the statue, his statue outside mm-hmm. of Ford Field. Um nothing like be, which is well, we'll see. Um <laughs> obviously a big honor. Um the first Detroit Lion to ever uh, get a statue um, outside of outside of the stadium. Um, I've, I've seen, although I'm, I'm feeling like a lot of teams are going to start have been doing that. Did Walter Payton have one yet? And no, I'm only thinking he's the first person I'm thinking of. They sold um, little ones to the fans, and I actually have one in my house. Walter okay, running the ball with him just palming it in one hand. I'm starting to feel like a lot of teams are doing it, but shout out to the Lions for 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 doing that and praising him and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to take the Lions to win this game. I think that they, I think everything trends towards them. Um, on the field perspective, all of, all all the fields aside, just on the field perspective, one thing that Seattle had a problem with uh, last week was I can't remember this kid's name, Nakua. Yeah, the, uh, the rookie, Nakua. rookie wide receiver Pakua Nakua, who ran a lot of. If you watch the game, he ran a lot of the same routes that Amon Ross St. Brown runs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of slants, a lot of digs, finding holes in the zone. Um, maybe just the, the, the fact that Jamal Adams wasn't available for, for them in that defensive backfield was a problem. It's a, it still looks like he's questionable for this game. Um, the public is trending towards Detroit as the pick here. I think five and a half is a little bit high and that's what I see on Yahoo. But right now on sports line, I'm looking at it, it's four and a half. So it looks like the, 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 the number's coming down because the money's trending heavily towards Detroit. Um, so I'm going to take Detroit. I would take Detroit at the five and a half. I would definitely take Detroit at the four and a half um, and see, see, see where they, I'm sorry, the number, the money is trending towards Seattle. That's why the number is coming down. to That's correct. Half. Everybody's um, thinking like I'm thinking it was at six. Yeah. It might, you can buy that at yeah. two point. It might be worth it to get yeah. it back up to six. Yeah. Um, I take Detroit at four and a half. I think they could win this game by five points. I think I'm, I'm thinking of something, something like 29, 23, something along those lines. So give me Detroit and, um, to Ed's point, I'll take the over. Oh, Malik. Right. Before before we move on, I just gotta know, Malik. Yep. Um, for Halloween, would you be wearing that blue mask with the Lions jersey? You know, going around trick or treating, <laughs> or going to a Halloween party with that on? I live in Georgia, sir. It's an open carry state. <laughs> Not even in my neighborhood, and and the, people, and the people know me in my neighborhood. They know I'm a Lions fan. I'd probably still get shot. So no, no, thank you. <laughs> Scott, wear your Lions jersey. They don't understand. 
I I could wear my Barry Sanders jersey. I'm not gonna wear no blue ski mask. Tell you that much. <laughs> Depending on how they built that statue, it might just look like you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like, especially when I go to Detroit next year for the draft. I can't wait. I, I gotta be honest. I hope it's good, but like seeing some of these other teams, man. Like I don't know. I don't know. It's not like they're not putting money into it. I'm just saying. The Lakers was if you if you see the ones outside of the what crypto is what it's called now the crypto.com arena crypto the Lakers ones are pretty good. Uh, yes. I went there a few years ago and I saw them. I, I haven't seen the Kobe one yet because I know the Kobe one is getting unveiled this year. Yeah, they got um, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, and, uh, Kareem and Chick Hearn, the, uh, the legendary Hearn. broadcaster. Yeah, they got to get so, Ewing in front of the Garden. Man. That's what they need. That ain't gonna happen. But uh, the Garden needs the Garden needs one man. The Garden definitely needs one. And you shut your mouth. That will. Happen. I said they would never. I said they might never do it, but they do. They should have it. Uh, we I got. Don't think do it. We got the Chargers at Tennessee. I hear you. We got the Chargers at Tennessee. Tennessee is the underdog at home, getting three points, and I agree with them. Tennessee will lose. Uh, this is my second lock of the week. It's very simple. The Chargers put up thirty-one points on a good defense, and Tennessee scored five field goals. And they still lost in New Orleans. That was an awful game to watch. Those teams both look terrible. Um, I think Vrabel is in trouble. He might have his second losing season in a row. Um, the Chargers are going to get right in this game. The over-under is 45. I don't think, actually, this game might go over because the Chargers can put up 30 points easily. They were able to run whenever they wanted. I don't expect them to have another 230-plus rushing yards. But um, Lockerson, the Chargers uh Chargers to go off in this game. The run defense was pretty good, actually, against Miami. They just could not guard Tyreek Hill. And luckily for them, he's not playing this week. So Tennessee is going to be down bad 0-2, and the Chargers are going to be 1-1. Go ahead, Ant. Um, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins news. Hopkins has now missed two straight um, days of practice. While, while it's definitely concerning, he might be far from that eligible for play. Basically, he might not play this week, so Anyway, um, what's the name? Tennessee is basically an ancient team. Whatever they play, they basically play like it, like you know, back is back in the old days, going against Chargers. I don't like the Chargers as a team for some reason. I have bad bad vibes with them. But this week, I'm gonna definitely pick them. I'm taking Chargers and give me the under in this one. I'm not gonna make it a lock, but I definitely feel that they're gonna win this game. Maybe score like if anything, they might win by a field goal or something like that. But I still don't trust the Titans, but they got a good defense, good run game, and whatever. But I don't trust them to win. But give me the Chargers on this one. All right, go ahead, Malik. So it's a three-point spread to to the Chargers um, right now as the as the favorites. Um, I I think that's pretty that's pretty safe. It's pretty on par. Um, if it really was any higher than that, I probably would take would take Tennessee here. Um, look, I mean, Tennessee, they they defensively played a decent game against New Orleans last week. Um, they only lost by a point. I believe they lost 16-15, something like that. Um, yeah, it was only it was only a, really a one-point loss. That could the game could have gone gone either way. It was a good, well de- well played defensively. Offenses just looked horrible. Ryan Tannehill looked the worst that he's ever that he's ever looked. And if he has another game like that, I think he should be looking over his shoulder at either Malik Willis or, or Will Levis. Uh, to come in and um, and you know and in support for in support for him and for this team because they could do that and they they could do that without him and um, you know at least 
Willis can give you something uh, with his with the running game on the ground um, to some degree. In Levis too, because Levis you know did run run a fair amount in um, uh, Kentucky, right? Was Kentucky is where he was? I can't remember school. I think so. He came to what Kentucky? Yeah, was he was Will Levis? Will Levis was on the Kentucky Wildcats yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Um, so I I think we should see a better showing from Tennessee this week um, on the offensive side of the football. Um, and we should see them being able to, you know, at the very least, we should see Ryan Tannehill be able to throw this throw this football around and get and get Derrick Henry involved. Like, yes, they did um the Chargers did defend the run pretty well last week, but they were playing against Raheem Mostert. This is King Henry. Um, this is a big, big, bigger challenge, much, much, uh, much different from from the challenge that Miami Miami likes to spread you out and make you and make you know and make it difficult for you to 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 play the gaps. Henry's coming, Henry's coming right at you. He's he's gonna run run right right at you and run right over you. So I don't know that you know the combinations of Bosa and um, and your boy uh, your boy your boy Mac. Uh, are ready are ready to take that on, but I do think that the Chargers have enough on the offensive side of side of the football to win this game, and three points is 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 pretty sufficient. So I'm going to lock the Chargers in as as my first lock of the week. Um, I'll take them as well, uh, and I will take the under on this game. All right, um, I'm trying to find this graphic that I had. I'm going to look for it while we talk. Of uh, the oldest teams in the league, Bill Barnwell put this up. On um, I follow that guy because he puts out a lot of good data. I, he put up the graphic of the oldest teams in the NFL, which is you know pretty smart and good stuff to pay attention to because it lets you know what the injury risks are and who might be starting slow and who might be starting fast and why. So that's something to pay attention to. When I find that, I will let y'all know. Um, next up, we have Chicago Bears going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chicago is an underdog right now. They are getting two and a half points, and the over-under is 41. I'm going to take the over. I don't believe much in Tampa's uh, defense. I think Kirk Cousins just played terrible last week, which is why they were able to lose. Baker, I did take Tampa Bay to win that game, and I was I locked that in, and I'd like to point that out, so I want my credit. Bears are going to play better this week. They're going down to warmer weather. Uh, Claypool is their third receiver, so they have someone else to come in and take his spot in Equinemius St. Brown, who's a I think not a better player overall skill-wise, but will definitely give more effort. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two great linebackers. That is the biggest thing for the Bears. If they get the ball to Roshan Johnson a little bit earlier, I expect them to have some more success. Um, Bears are going to be missing their starting cornerback, Bill Doerr. Is it Bill Doerr or the other one? I can't remember right now. But one of their starting corners is going to be missing. And one of their safeties is also nursing an injury. I believe that is um, not Eddie Jackson, but uh, yeah. So they have some issues in the secondary. But the good news is they're playing against Baker Mayfield, so he may or may not be able to take advantage of those. I don't count on him having two really consistent games in a row. So I'm taking the Bears to cover and win this game. Um, And the over-under is 41, and I'm going to take the over on this. And if there's any prop bets on uh, rushing yards for Roshan Johnson, I would bet on that and him getting over 50 yards in this game. Go ahead, Ant. Well, it's kind of hard to pick this this thing because the thing is that um, while Justin Fields was earning my respect a little bit um last week, the team hasn't, and I still don't trust Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. 
Uh, Todd Bowles is a bad coach, in my opinion, so I'm going to go with the Bears, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take the under in this one. This is going to be a sloppy, a sloppy poppy game. All right. And the team that we were just talking about, which was Tennessee, right? Yeah. Tennessee is right in the middle in, team, in terms of team age. Oh, they're, they're in the top 10 of team age. They're the 10th oldest team in the league. Their offense is one of the older offenses in the league. They're the sixth oldest offense in the league with an average age of 27 and a half. A lot of that's probably due to Tannehill and also um, Derrick Henry both being 29 and older. Tannehill is 35 years old. So this may be the end of the road for him in terms of his career. Go ahead, Malik. Uh, it's interesting. The, the, the Bears were a lot of people's kind of wild card favorite to win the division last Still are. You know, going into going into the season um i'm not going to entertain that ace um but <laughs> they were they were a lot of people's favorite uh you know wild card kind of throw throw some money on it favorite and even and even when we did our review our our nfc north review i said that to me at that time the chicago was probably the best bet because you didn't really know what was going to happen to any of the teams in the North and they were giving like what plus 400 or something like that. So they were four to one anyway. So you might as well take the bet because Detroit was only like, you know, plus plus 150 or something like that. Um, and then last week they, they played the game last week and Chicago reminded you that they were a three win team last season because not because of Justin Fields, because I agree with Anthony, Justin Fields looks like he is the most competent person on the field <laughs> most uh, most times. I think he's the most confident the rest, person in the backfield office too. <laughs> the rest of the team around him just has not caught up yet. Um, and that's not to say that they can't. It's not to say that they don't have the talent too. I think DJ Moore is a, is a you know is a pretty good receiver. Um, I thought Darnell Mooney played okay. Um, Cole Komet, uh, what's the kid's name? Khalil Herbert, um, Roshan Johnson. Like they have some talent on this team. Um, the offensive line is still figuring themselves out, um, but the defense was 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 kind of scary to me. Um, and the way that Jordan Love was able to carve the defense up was was pretty shocking. On the flip side of that, Tampa's defense is pretty damn good. Tampa's defense is actually pretty damn good. And we and I and I and I said I mentioned this last week when we were when we were reviewing uh, previewing the the Minnesota game. And I picked, and I like you, Ace. I picked Tampa to win that game. Yeah. I said last week that Tampa's defense is better than we give them credit for. They yeah. just had not played great offensively last last week. If they get a competent game out of Baker Mayfield, and again, same thing with, with if they get you know limit the turnovers and a little bit of competency, they should win this game. They're at home. It's two and a half points. It gets them to get a, get a good start start and start start out on the season. Um, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win the game. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win and, and, and get that cover. Um, not locking it in. Don't feel comfortable about it. Obviously, it's still Baker Mayfield, still Todd Bowles. It's still the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think will be one of the – who will end up the season with one of the worst records in the league. But I think at this point right now, the Bears are trending in a, in a direction that I don't particularly like. I don't particularly like for, for them or for Justin Fields. It's so I think Tampa two. Bay, I think to, And I think Tampa Bay can get this because it's week two. I think Tampa Bay will show a little bit, show a little bit less of themselves um, as the season goes on. But right now, at this point, week two, home opener after a win in Minnesota, a win that nobody thought that they were going to get except the, the probably the two of us, Ace. 
Um, yeah. I think Tampa Bay can get this victory. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in the under. I took them because of uh, Minnesota's defense. That's why I took them. I think I think I'm giving Tabo's too much credit. I don't, you know. I'm I'm not giving. I'm not. I'm, honestly speaking, I'm not giving Tabo's any credit. That's why I'm not locking this in. Two and a half points at home against a team against a, a, a team that won three games last last season. That's telling you a lot about you know what people think about Tampa Bay, despite the fact that they beat a they beat a Minnesota team that's you know everybody the people were saying was still a really good NFL team. So the fact is, like people are not giving Tabo's any credit. I just think that it's early on in the season and hope springs eternal. They won, they won a game in, in Minnesota that they probably shouldn't have won and they'll probably get, be able to pull this out. Chicago didn't show me anything this last week to, to say that's the thing that I think is going to carry them to the next week. If they play the way they did last week against green Bay, they're going to lose. All right. That wraps up our picks for that game. Next up, we got Jacksonville hosting Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones is back. They gave my man his money. Losing that one game, shook him down to their core, and they said, we need more of a pass rush. Having him there changes everything. Jacksonville came out, sputtered a little bit against um, Indianapolis. I think Kansas City comes in here and wins this game. They are getting three and a half points. The over-under for this game is... You're giving three and a half, Ace. Huh? KC is giving three and a half. Oh, my bad. I said they're favored. Kansas City is laying three and a half points. They're three and a half point favorites. The over-under for this game is 51 points. Um, I'm going to lean on the under. Um, I don't expect it to be a shootout. I expect Kansas City's defense to play much, much better. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked good last week against Indianapolis' defense, but, you know, they were playing a rookie quarterback, and he made some mistakes, and that helped them win that game. I think next year they may actually have some uh, competition in that division in the AFC South. That being said, I expect Kansas City to win this and to win this by a touchdown. So I'm going to lock this in. Kansas City is going to bounce back, and they're going to win this one easy. It's my second lock of the week, Kansas City at Jacksonville. And my survivor pick of the week, of which 27% of the people in my survivor league got knocked out. It's Kansas City loss and also Seattle loss. Go ahead, Ann. I think Kelsey's back too, right? He's still listed as questionable right now. Yeah. So we'll see. They gave him last week off to try to get by without him. But just the fact that Chris Jones is going to be back on the defensive line is going to create a lot more disruption for Jacksonville. And they didn't exactly start out great, but um, Calvin Ridley looks really good. All I know is gonna, it was real funny how Chris Jones was holding out, but yet he was up in the, that, that little box doing the game, watching the game, eating popcorn, laughing at laughing at KC. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got some motherfuckers going to slap my ass. But anyway... Um, you might have to edit that out because I did a lot of cursing days. But anyway, um, I'm taking KC on this one, and I'm going to take a take the over. I think these teams are, are going to have a little shootout there. KC's got to re reestablish their dominance and stuff like that. But Jacksonville, I mentioned this last week, are basically the new Buffalo Bills. They're coming up here, still building up. I think they're going to you know show some some grit here. This is going to be a good game. Both teams are going to score a lot. This might actually you know go down to the wire. But I'm going to take KC and this one to win. And I'm going to take this to the over. And I know it's really, I know that over is really high, but I'm still taking it. Love those overs. Malik, what do you got? Love them overs. Overs. So if many may not remember, this is a rematch of uh, the division round um, game from last, uh, last, last year's playoffs. 
But Jacksonville went into Kansas City and played a pretty good game and lost. I can't remember what the final score of that game was, but it was it was it was a closer game than um, than a lot of folks uh, probably expected in that one. Um, and I think Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson's a pretty good coach. He's a pretty good coach, and he, you know, they they stumbled a little bit last week. Uh, but the guy that got Philadelphia's first Super Bowl win, yeah, 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 he's a pretty damn good coach. And they stumbled a little bit last week, but they were able to, you know, figure some things out on the road and 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 get a tough victory. Um, so I like them to cover this spread against Kansas City this week. It's three and a half points. Um, I'm not saying that KC won't win the game. I think KC is 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 primed to win, primed to win this game. Um, everything, you know. Pretty much everything that could go wrong last week for Kansas City on the field went wrong. Um, they didn't have Chris Jones. Obviously, Travis Kelsey was out. The receive, you know, the, the receivers dropped balls all over the field. Um, and defensively, they just in Detroit just made one or two more plays than them um, on the defensive side of the ball to win to win the football game. So I think Casey's in a good space. I think even even if Casey started out zero and two. You're probably not so worried about them because obviously it's Patrick Mahomes and the and the rest of the squad and these are the Super Bowl champions. But um, I'm I'm but I, I like the, I like Jacksonville to keep it close. I like them to keep it within a score. Um, I'm thinking some somewhere around you know thirty to twenty eight is 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 your your end result. So I'm looking at KC and and I'll take the over with you, Ant. I think that this this score can get pretty high um, if these teams if either one of these teams gets going. It'll get, it'll get pretty high up there. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover um, to cover that three and a half. I want those I want those points for a, a team like Jacksonville. They're pretty good. Um, Jacksonville in the over. Oh, Malik, just to um, piggyback on what you said, last year's um, court playoff game was 27-20 KC won. Yeah, so that was seven points at home, right? Mm-hmm. KC was at home, um, and of course, and and Jacksonville did not have Calvin Ridley. And right, that's that's looked, another thing too. That's a that's the reason why I'm damn going good. For Oh, he looked damn good yesterday uh, on Sunday. Cool. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, he did. Kansas City is the um, one of the four youngest teams in the league. I'd like to point out, so they have that on their side in terms of health and in terms of improving and developing more players and more pass catchers on the outside. Um, next up, we have two rookies, two first round picks in the top five: Indianapolis at Houston. Just keep this real quick. I am taking Indianapolis. This is going to be my third lock of the week don't believe in the Houston head coach. I believe they will, they're not intentionally tanking. They just lack the talent. Indianapolis showed me a lot last week at home against the playoff team. In fact, they had to make them work for it. Over under on this is 39 and a half because that is so low. I'm going to be taking the over. Um, I know he has a bone bruise on his knee because he said it to the, he said it already, but um, Anthony Richardson looks good, man. Florida messed up by not starting him that first year that they could have. They should have played him more games. They would have won more games. They definitely miss him this year. The Colts are going to win. They are giving one and a half points to uh, Houston. The fact that Houston is at home, I would jump on this quick because Houston started out the favorite, and all that money started coming in on Indianapolis. So I would jump on this before it gets up to like three or even three and a half. Right now the line's real low, and I'm going to take the over in the Colts. This is going to be my uh, third lock of the week. That's Indianapolis. That is Baltimore, and that is uh, the Chargers at Tennessee so far for me. Which so that means you have four if you did Baltimore because you did K- you locked KC lat- yes, in the last one. I did? Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. my fourth. Even better. Thank you for reminding me. Go ahead, Ant. 
Well, um, I'm gonna have to agree with you, Ace. I'm gonna have to go with um Indianapolis in this. Both teams lost last week, but I just like you, I like how Anthony Richards was playing last week. That dude's a beast. And you are correct, they should have used him more in college, but hey, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. He's playing for quite a professional team right now. And also the um Texans still have a long way to go to still build up build up their team. There might be a good a little bit better team next year. But as far as these two losing teams, one have to win. I'm gonna go with the Colts and I'm taking the Colts and the under this one. All right, Malik. Um, it's a sweep. Um, I think we all have the Colts here. I, I liked what I saw from the Colts. The Colts had that game won. Like they honestly had that game won against Jacksonville um on in a number of different ways. Even the interception that um the interception that Richardson threw was a bad one. Um, but it, it was a it was a rookie mistake, but he came back. I like the fact that he came back after that interception, played well, got the team in position to 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 take the lead and to get a win. Um, obviously it didn't happen. Uh, and had he not, and I think had he not gotten injured at the, because if you guys remember the play that he got injured on, he was running the ball into the end zone and he got tackled at like the two. And then he, you know, and then he fell and he hurt himself and then he had to come out and they had to bring Gardner Minshew in. It was like second and goal, right? Um, if Richardson's there, if Richardson's playing, if he doesn't get hurt on that play, he probably runs it in on the next play. Um, either that or he, or, or they hand the ball off or whatever, but it's a pretty good chance that they, that they're able to score and take the lead against Jacksonville with not that much time left. And Jacksonville might be 0 and one right now. So I think Indianapolis is clearly the second best team in this division and should show that in, in pretty good fashion, uh, against Houston this week. I liked Houston. Um, I liked how they played last week. They played hard. They played you know, as, as about as about as well as you can possibly play, about as hard as you could possibly play for for their coach. I feel like they're going to be a difficult out in most situations, but this number is so low at one and a half, it just screams take take the Colts, even though they're on the road. So I'll go ahead and I'll ride I'll ride with Indy. Um, the last thing I'll say about Anthony Richardson that was very promising is he seems to already have a good rapport with Michael Pittman, um, which if you see how a quarterback and receiver duo are working together early. That bodes well for their 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 long term success. Seems like he has a good grip on the offense, and he knows who to get the ball to, when to get the ball to them. Uh, and he was surprisingly more accurate than people were giving him credit for it too. So, uh, if he has another game like this, you know, uh, people will be looking at the selection of C.J. Stroud at the number two position, and you know, looking at that and wondering, you know, did we make a mistake in Houston by not going with Richardson at number two? So I'll take Indianapolis. I'll take the under as well. I think this will be a low scoring game. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Indianapolis locks it down. And then this is my second lock of the week, uh, Indianapolis. All right. Next up, we have San Francisco at the LA Rams. The over-under on that is 44 and a half. And the Rams are getting eight and a half points at home. I think some books may have this at seven and a half, but either way, whether it's eight and a half or seven and a half, it's a similar bet. Um, you're really looking at that touchdown, them losing by. And I like San Francisco. They're a very dominant team, but the Rams showed me they still got a lot of life. They're going to need their offensive line to play as well as they did last week. How well, I don't know, but they do have two good running backs. Cam Akers has recovered from his uh, Achilles tear, so it is possible. So shout out to J.K. Dobbins. Maybe he'll be able to come back. And also Rodgers, I hope he will. 
like to see him get another chance with that Jets team. Maybe even by the playoffs, but who knows? I have a hot take coming at the end of this. So y'all are going to appreciate. San Francisco is not going to cover this game. I'm going to take the Rams. This is just too many points. I don't expect San Francisco to keep blowing out teams, but I do expect them to possibly win. Um, the fact that this is in L.A., battle for California, I'm going to take the Rams to cover here. The Rams can somehow win this game. They probably knock out half the people that are picking for their Survivor League. So I'm rooting for y'all. I'm not picking y'all, but I'm rooting for y'all. Go ahead, Ann. Yes, this is in L.A., but um, everybody in L.A. knows that unless you're San Francisco or the Raiders, you're not really L.A. So I'm sorry they can put the L.A. logo in there all they want, but we all still know – people in L.A. know them as still as the St. Louis Rams. They don't – this is basically going to be a home game for San Francisco and away in a different stadium. So far, it's a nice stadium, but you know what? I'm going to go with San Francisco in this one. They got the weapons. They, they got the – Crazy, the crazy offensive um coordinator that I think is a little bit better than the Rams coordinator. So I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna go with the over. San Francisco's going quite. This this game's gonna score a lot of points, but at the end of the day, San Francisco's gonna still win this. The Rams still have a long way to go to build back up their team how they're supposed to go. And um, I think somebody's missing at the wide receiver. We know who he is. his name is. He should who not should be named for a couple of weeks. Cooper Cup. Okay, you want to name it, whatever. Anyway, I went with San Francisco in this one, and this is by, was it, fourth lock of the week, I believe. All right. Malik. Uh, Answers your third, unless you have a oh. – I have you as oh. Buffalo in Detroit. So Okay, yeah, third lock of the week. Lock. Okay. A secret lock. The third lock of the week. Third lock of the week. Okay, uh, no problem. Um, yeah, and I'm going to roll with you here. Um, I think – I would say, I know it wasn't one of the things I learned, but I definitely believe that the Rams were the biggest surprise of week one. Um, not just because, obviously we know what um, Matthew Stafford has been capable of over the course of his career, over 50,000 yards passing. Um, so that wasn't a bit of a surprise, but the surprise was definitely in the performance of those two receivers, uh, those two rookie receivers that he that nobody knew because um, clearly they were available in 97 or 98 percent of fantasy leagues going into last uh, week one. So, you know, no one knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody knew who who Stafford was going to throw to um, what 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 that team was going to look like. You figured the running game was going to be. Um, featured pretty heavily, and they were. Um, I think um, Cam got about 21 carries, and then Kyron Williams got some, some somewhere over 10 carries as well. Um, and they leaned on that late in the game um, in order to um, in order in order to to, to to seal the win against Seattle. Um, but that game against Seattle showed me more about Seattle than it did about the Rams. I know who the hell the San Francisco 49ers are. And they beat a good, they beat a solid Pittsburgh team on the road by 23 points. There's no reason to believe that they can't go into LA where they've had, you know, pretty, pretty good success with the exception of obviously the, you know, the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl um, and get a victory here and get it by eight and a half. Matthew Stafford had probably the best game you could possibly have in that situation against Seattle. And he threw zero touchdowns. He had no picks. But he threw zero touchdowns. Everything that they did, they scored. Oh, he, how did that guy score two touchdowns then? How, how did Nakua get two touchdowns? No, Kyron, Kyron Williams had two touchdowns. Oh. Kyron Williams had two touchdowns, and Cam Akers had one touchdown rushing. They all they were all rushing touchdowns for, for the Rams. They didn't throw any passing touchdowns. 
That is absolutely correct. He had um, 10 catches for 119 yards. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see I, – I, I see the pendulum swinging. Like I could see Matthew Stafford throwing a couple of touchdowns, mm-hmm. but I don't see the receivers doing any anywhere near what they did um, totally – over the course of uh, over the course of the game against a better defense than than Seattle's defense in San Francisco. So I'm going to take San Francisco to cover this. I think they're still the cream of the crop as it pertains to that division. Um, the Rams showed me a little something. They look a little bit better. Maybe they won't lose. Maybe they you know they they'll won't lose 12 games this year. Maybe they'll only lose 10. Um, but um, I don't think that they're they're in San Francisco's clash right now. So I'm going to take San Francisco, even though I don't like the eight and a half points. I'm going to take San Francisco, and I'm going to I'm going to take the under in the game. All right. Next up, we have the New York Football Giants going out to Arizona for the four, second four o'clock game. The Giants are the youngest team in the NFL overall. Youngest team on defense, which showed last week. Um, fourth youngest team on offense. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, they only locked in for two more years of Daniel Jones, so we'll see. They are giving five and a half points to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, after what I saw last week, I do not see the Giants beating anybody except Arizona. I don't see them beating them by much. So I'm taking the Cardinals getting five and a half points. Um, the over-under on this is 40 points. I'm going to take the over. Um, some sports books have this at Cardinals getting four and a half. Either way, they were able to do a lot at on an away game on the East Coast at Washington. And I think Arizona has a capable quarterback in Josh Dobbs who's not taking too many chances. And, you know, they probably could use Isaiah Simmons, but they needed those picks, which just stockpiling. If this game was played later in the season. I could actually see Arizona winning this if they had their starting quarterback, but Dobbs isn't terrible. I will say that. He's definitely giving them a better chance to win. Cole McCoy did going down the end of last season. So I will take Arizona at home, getting those five and a half points. And that's what I have. Go ahead, Ant. Hey, can we push this? You don't have to pick it. You can just take the L right now. Uh, if you don't want to make it one of your best bets, you do have to put it in the bet in the in the sheet. Yeah, you know? I'm not gonna make this one my honestly though. If I'm I wouldn't be betting on this game except for the over. That would be I would be really Bad defense on both sides and just a lot of rushing touchdowns. Just from based on last week, I was going to pick, pick uh, Arizona because I, I, I was actually leaning towards the Giants. Then I was going to pick Arizona just based on last week. But as soon as you mentioned jo- Joshua Dobbs, and I remember that, you know, he was a back, backup or something like that a couple of weeks ago or whatever. He was a backup in Pittsburgh, and then they got rid of him for, um, yeah, a couple of people. Or, ba- or a bag of candy or some shit like that. But, but he's getting a chance to start, and I see why he's a good backup quarterback because he was not terrible last week. I'm, I'm going to give the man his due. Like, he played competent football. Hey, Tennessee brought him in off. to win. You got to remember, Tennessee brought him in off the street in, like, week 18 last year, and he started the playoff game. But that- yeah, that's true. You know what? I, I was going to pick the Giants on this. All, honestly, I was going to pick the Giants on this. But not only the Giants only got Saquon Barkley, you know, quite a ham sandwich because what's the name? The tight end is basically hurt. He might still play, but he's going to be playing hurt. Ah, it's a toss-up toss on this one. If I was a betting man out there, I would not bet on this at all. I wouldn't even put my – I wouldn't even put a dime on this game. But give me – um, you know what? Just for the hell of it, give me the Giants and give me the um the under. The only reason I'm picking the Giants on this because they definitely going to – I had the Giants definitely going to win. Arizona is actually trying to get a quarterback. 
the players might not know this, but the you know, but management and you know the coach co- coach who be fired does. So anyway, give me the Giants and give me the under whatever. If I have to pick one game, I might as well pick that one. Giants need to win somewhere where the pressure is not on them two weeks in a row. All right, Jobs' biggest issue last week was the two fumbles he lost. So as long as he doesn't uh, get sacked three, three, four times again this game, and he doesn't lose any fumbles, he had no other turnovers aside from that, aside from the two fumbles. That's kind of crazy to say. But, he, you know, 21 for 30, not a terrible passer, and he had a whole uh, training camp to go with them, so he actually knows the playbook this time. That, that game is really hard to pick. And they covered last week at Washington, so go ahead, Malik. I expect him to play better at home. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you on this, Ace. This number is surprisingly high for a team in the Giants that, that did not score a point last week against Dallas. Now, granted, you might want to say that, yes, Dallas has their number, and I do believe that Dallas has their number. I get that. But to lose 40 to nothing and to look as bad as they did on all three in all three phases of the, of, of the, of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, and to not score a point, but to make them a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road you know, against an Arizona team that granted that that did not play a bad, bad game of football last week. I mean, they, they played just kind of just well enough to, they played well enough to win, but just bad enough to lose, you know, Um, and Washington made a couple of more plays. If you watch that game, Washington made a couple more plays than Arizona did. Um, But Arizona could have easily won that game um, last week in, in Washington. And like he's, and like I said, they covered a seven point spread yet, which again was high given the fact that, Washington was not a great team last year. That, that number should have been a lot lower than it was. I like Arizona this week. I like Arizona to cover the, to at least cover. I think the Giants should win the game. Um, but nothing that I saw last week when, with respect to the Giants showed, showed them to be the type of team that can run up points on anybody. That offense looks almost exactly the same as it looked as it looked last last season. Um, where they when they were struggling to score points and were winning games, you know, by by small margins, um, and I think they'll do the same thing here. I don't think that you know. I think that the addition of Isaiah Simmons definitely shows up on you know stat sheets and shows up on shows up on on screen and will probably be a big difference because he was on Arizona last uh, last season and he's not there now. Um, so I think the Giants win the game. Uh, I want to see. I, I think Saquon has a better game, has a has a, has a, a better opportunity to. to and I, you know, they're going to score. The Giants are going to score this week. I have a feeling they're going to score this week. That's going to happen. We have some <laughs> points. We have points. But uh, I I don't think that they'll they'll keep Arizona from scoring as well. Uh, and Arizona will play will play harder, will play better, and will and will make it make it an interesting game. So I'm going to take Arizona, and I'm tempted to lock this one in. Um, mm. As my third lock of the week, I want. I, I'm, so I'm, I'm I'm hedging on whether or not I want to put that on right now, but uh, definitely take Arizona at home and uh, the and the over. Oh, All right, still a scary game to pick. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't. I, I wouldn't. That's why. That's why the reason why I'm hedging because I don't want to pick this game. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with this game. And we have the national game of the week next week for the four o'clock window. We have the Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. The Jets are nine-point underdogs. Dallas won their game 40 to nothing. The over-under on this game is, guess what, 38 and a half. Ant, who do you have? This is going to be a hard game to um, choose here, whatever. I know everybody already knows who's been tuning in for the last, what, three, four years that we've been on. And y'all guys already know the Jets fan, so – Obviously, I'm going to go, yeah, Jets. But, you know, this is everything really a hard a hard game to pick here. 
But I remember what happened on Monday. Jets actually won that game without the start of Aaron Rodgers with, you know, with quite milk, milk um, sucker, milk man, whatever, quite Zach Wilson. You know, so I'm going to have to lean towards my Jets on here. Obviously, both defenses are going to be playing hard. I believe the over and under is 38 on this one. I don't see it, it, it quite – it's hard to see it going this high, but I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and I'm going to take the over and this one. It might actually, you know what? I'm going to take the under. Wow. Yeah, give me the Jets. Give me the under What about this one. Jets' defense what? I still think is actually better than Dallas. I might look stupid on – I might look stupid next week by saying that. Jets' defense is actually, in my opinion, is actually better than Dallas. You know, Marky Parsons might disagree with me when he was sacking up Big big Blue last week. He might try to make two New York teams in a row in this. But give me Jets and the under in this one. And I'm making it in my lock lock of the week on this one, obviously. All right. Malik, who do you have in this game? Jets at Cowboys. And I have a question for you before I get into my pick. Did you watch the – did you watch the – did you watch the entire – Giants Cowboys game, um, or or more than a half of that game. Yeah, more than a half of that game. I didn't really watch the full game of that. Tell me, tell me the hole that you saw on that Dallas team. Oh yeah, wh- wh- which hole? Where was the hole on that Dallas team? <laughs> and and this is me as a you know as a by not an impartial fan. Like I'm right. not a Cowboys fan in the least. Right. Right. But if there was a if there was something to exploit, and again, this could also just be bad giants, more bad giants than good cowboys. If there was something to exploit on the cowboys, I watched that game and I watched a replay of that game. I can't find it. <laughs> I don't know where it is. The thing is, it, maybe it's Dak, right? Maybe the thing is that the first four Dak. weeks, in my opinion, is kind of hard to pick these teams because the thing is that I, I completely agree with you. Completely People haven't filled each other out. And that's why I said, maybe it's still Dak. Dak did not have to do much last week. By the time the offense actually scored some points, um, the Dallas Cowboys were already up 19-0. So, you know, the offense did not have to do much in order to, you know, um, to keep keep the Giants at bay. Um, The defense and special teams did pretty much everything they needed to do. So maybe Dak still isn't, you know, the type of quarterback that, you know, can take you to a championship. And the Jets defense is definitely good enough to exploit that and to figure that out. I think this is going to be a close game. I would, I, my, perf, my preference here is the under. Um, I think the under is the safest bet. It's probably the best bet for this game. Um, look, I am, as much as people were against Zach Wilson last year, everyone's rooting for him this year. Everyone's rooting for him right now. The entire league, everybody's hoping for things to go well for this kid because the expectation was that he was not going to be there. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the quarterback. This line would be a lot closer if Aaron Rodgers was still the quarterback. And so because of that reason, I'm rolling with you in. I'm going to take the Jets. I want the nine points because I think that defense can, can keep it, can keep it, keep them honest. And if the Jets still if the Jets run the football the way they did against Buffalo. Oh, yeah, especially Brees all those two runs. This 30, game's staying yeah, well within seven 30, points. Yeah, the 80-yard run. Yeah. This game's staying well within the seven points. Dallas didn't sh- – the one thing that Dallas didn't show to me was any expo- – was, was much explosiveness in the running game. Um, Tony Pollard was the lead back there. He had a good game. He didn't have a, a poor game. But didn't show the explosiveness in the running game that, that I think that we would have expected 
that, that we saw last year from them. And the Jets corners are still, you know, the Jets corners in this, their secondary is still, you know, one of the tops in the league with Dallas, with along with Dallas. So I think it's going to be a really low scoring game, uh, right. which is why I trend towards the Jets. Give me the nine points. And um, yeah, I'll roll with you on this one. So I'll take the Jets and I will take the under. I'm going to hammer the under. All I said right. two things before you go, Ace. Um, nope. One thing is, I got this from some. I got this from somebody. I forgot to. I forgot who it was. So I do apologize. So I, I, I can't give him credit for it. But basically, it, it, that person said that if you, if you can get if Dallas can get those um that point the scores up really high, like say they get the first two touchdowns, whatever, uh-huh. they can pin their, that's one of the most dangerous. They're gonna pin their, their ears back. You gonna start doing the, basically what they did to Giants last week. You keep uh-huh. them in there. They might actually be a beatable team. That might be the way to go on this one. But yeah, as far as of course Zach Wilson, I think the whole team themselves are backing him up. And I think Zach is a different person from last year. And he did fix up a lot of things. He did learn a lot of lessons last year from from what, what happened last year. Cause he was horrible at throwing those screens and stuff like that. He actually kind of fixed that. I noticed that during the hard knocks, and I noticed that during the um preseason as well. So and he looks like he got his confidence back. And it looks like I believe Aaron Rodgers is definitely tutoring him on a lot of things because he does certain things that I noticed that Aaron Rodgers would have normally does. He might not can do those checks and all that other crap like that, like Aaron Rodgers can do. But certain smart things like he could do, he would throw the ball away real fast that he wasn't doing last year. So on that sense, you know, sorry about that. Just had to add those in there. And that's mm-hmm. another reason why I'm, I'm picking the Jets besides my favoritism. Well, you guys have talked this one to death, so I'll make it pretty quick. Jets are going to cover. They're getting nine points. Dallas's offense didn't blow the Giants the way their defense did. You know what the Jets also have? As good of a defense, if not better. They picked off uh, Josh Allen three times and also forced a fumble out of him. If Dak tries to take off running, they'll force a fumble out of him. They'll be able to shut down the run game. And Pollard isn't as explosive because he's coming off of an injury, so he's still working his way back. And I know there's no way he's fully healthy. And there's nobody who's really fully healthy in the NFL, but that's that. They have better wide receivers this year. Um, they were able to hold down Brandon Cooks. He had one long catch. Just have Sauce Gardner. Um, that's going to take away half the field. They're getting nine points. No matter what you think of Zach Wilson, I think he's confident enough that he will be able to win this game for the Jets. And I'm not going to pick them on the money line, but getting nine points or eight and a half points or whatever it is, I'm going to take them. I don't think this game will be played under 38 and a half. Jets are going to play a lot of low-scoring games, but I actually think their defense can get a touchdown out of this because Dak is known to throw picks, known to throw pick sixes if you lost the divisional round last year. Uh, strength on strength, and Dallas was trying to pick on the Giants, and they did very well. The difference is the Jets have a much better offensive line, and they have stronger and bigger offensive lines, I would say. So I expect the Jets to actually be able to run the ball, and I got Dalvin Cook. So maybe come check down City. They will nickel and dime their way down that field. Nine points, Jets cover. Pretty simple. Next up, we have the Commanders at the Broncos. Broncos three and a half point favorites. This is the last four and a half clock. Four, four and a half clock. Four twenty-five game or before Sunday Night Football. Denver's going to cover. Washington is awful. Sam Howell still has a lot of learning to do. It's that simple. Not locking it in, but I think it's pretty obvious that Russell Wilson has improved. They got better coaching. The team's much more disciplined. Go ahead, Ant. Um, I'm not going with Russell Wilson. I'm going the other way. Washington and the over. Done. I don't even know what the over under is. I don't care. It's 39. It's Russell Wilson. 
It's 39. Don't, don't care. It's Russell Wilson. He sucks. I agree with you on the over. He had two touchdown passes. He can have it yeah, all Malik. he wants. He'll still lose. <laughs> Go ahead, Malik. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm rolling with you, Ace. Uh, Denver, Denver looked just bad enough to win last week, but they looked better than they looked in the previous weeks. Um, and Washington, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not high on them, even though they won last week against Arizona. They didn't look great. Uh, Sam Howell looked okay. Uh, Sam Howell looked, look, I know I was praising him a little bit going into, going into the season when we were uh, breaking down the, the NFC East. You know, I do like him still as a quarterback. Uh, he did add some athleticism to, to that, uh, to that offense that Taylor Heineke did not display. Uh, he scored a rushing touchdown last week, Sam Howell did. Um, so that might, that's, that's definitely in his repertoire. Um, I think this, I don't, again, I don't know what the over-under is for this game either. 39. Yeah, 39. Yeah, I, w- I would probably hammer the under on this because um, I still don't necessarily trust Denver's uh, offense to, to, to get it going. But their defense, their defense should play pretty well. Their defense should, I don't, I don't think Washington's any better or much better. I, I, I don't think they're better than Vegas was. So this game should be low. It's probably the under. So the under is probably the best bet. I'll take Denver to right the ship, fix things up a little bit, and uh, and get this W. So give me Denver in the under as well. All right. Sunday night football here in New England. Miami at New England Patriots. They're heading up to Foxborough. It will be a literal hurricane passing by this weekend in the New England area. It will have passed by by then. They play on turf, so I don't think this will affect it. Um, Miami put up 35 points on the road in L.A. They can do that to the Chargers. They can do that to the Patriots. Bill Belichick is a great defensive coach. They have a real offensive coordinator. I see why New England's getting three points at home. The over-under on this game, I'm expecting to be somewhere around, was it 46 and a half? I would still take the over. Mac Jones proved to be a capable quarterback. Three touchdown passes. Uh, Miami has a better quarterback, and they have better pass rushers. In terms of the secondary, I think it's about a push. Xavier Howard had a tough game last week, but Wingman doesn't really have anybody that you got to be scared of. Kendrick Bourne is the best wide receiver. I'm taking Miami. I think they win this one. I think they win it easily. Three points is nice, but it's not a lock, but I feel pretty confident about taking Miami, and I feel pretty confident about this over. They went over playing against Philadelphia at home. New England will probably end up losing this one. Uh, Miami went up to New England and beat them with the Wildcat before, so they have a lot of different ways to win. Mike Daniels, McDaniels, hopefully doesn't get too much in his head. And uh, I think Miami should come out away with a win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points each. Get ahead, in. Um, Armstead has not been has not been practicing. He might be out by the time the game starts. Never know. But anyway, this is going to Gillette Stadium. This is going to be a primetime game. This is Bill Belichick. I don't give a what happened last week with Dolphins. There's no way New England's going to go 2-0. I mean, going to. I'm taking it in New England, and I'm taking the under in this one. This is going to be a, a ground a pound, beat the crap out of them game. You know, according Tyreek Hill might have looked all nice and sweet last week or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll fly all over the place. That ain't going to happen this week. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick has has a little bit of cash still left over, and those refs are still in his pockets. So I'm going to go with New England, and I'm taking the under in this one. Yeah, and I make how many locks I already have? Like nine. You have. Oh. I think it's four already. Right? Yeah, four. Yeah, this would be my fifth lock of the week. If y'all guys don't bet on this, 
y'all guys are gonna miss out. Take the one lane, take the other. I know this damn these teams better than anybody. Mm. All right, Henley. Um, so as you were talking, Ace, I know you you were mentioning the um the weather, weather situation in that in that region, uh, which is where you will pass by Sunday night. Yeah, near yeah. Where I live. So yeah, it looks like it's gonna be predicted daytime temperature for Sunday night, 75 degrees. Nighttime will be about 57. Uh, so right, right around the high 50s, low 60s. And there is a zero percent. There's a I'm sorry. There's a forty percent chance of rain, uh, and a eight percent chance of thunderstorm. So it's pretty. Looks like it's going to be moving its way. The system is going to be moving its way out of there. The field might be wet, yes. um, but the you know, it, you know, but there might not be actively raining, um, and those things trend towards running games. Um, when it's when it's when it's you know, but mm. outside they the tend, tend to trend towards winning games, but they don't tend to trend towards teams that built teams that are built on speed, um, because it's it's hard to run and it's it's hard to run you know when it's when it's wet and soggy on the ground. On the flip side, it ain't easy to defend. At the very least, if Tyreek Hill has a running start, and the defenders have to backtrack in order to get to him. They're in much better position. He's in much better position to, to to play well and to score in that situation. So, I like Miami too. I think Miami's gonna, you know, gonna come in there and and rip and run on on New England. I didn't I'm see anything. On this. I didn't see anything from New England. I'm sorry. I just didn't see anything from New England to uh, to garner any kind of faith in in this team. Like Bill Belichick may just very well be an uh, an average to above average coach when he doesn't have a damn when he doesn't have a Hall of Famer, you know, yeah, as as his quarterback. I mean, he's, <laughs> what, he's, he hasn't been in the playoffs since um since Tom Brady left. He hasn't been in the playoffs. The team has been okay. Mac Jones was okay. The rest of the team is just okay. Like Ezekiel Elliott looked okay. Like nothing really looked good. Um, so this is going to be an eighteen to six Philly. game. Watch against Philly. Look, I, I, you, you're right. Familiarity definitely can win over here, um, and and Miami can lose this game or win by, you know, by two points and would not be surprised. But I'm not going to bet it that way. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the the Dolphins in prime time to get the victory, um, and I'll take the under. Sure, this we're going, we're going to see who's going to be his um, jujitsu thing is going to be attested. Watch. I'm not locking. Actually, I'm locking in the Dolphins. By the way, I did put them in as my locks. I am locking in the Dolphins here on Sunday night. All right. That's my fourth lock. The first Monday Night Football game, we have a doubleheader, 7.15 p.m. We have New Orleans at Carolina, battle for the NFC South. New Orleans uh, got away with a win last week at home. New Orleans is, I just want to make sure this is correct, I think they are the oldest team in the NFL. They are. They're the oldest on offense. Oh, no, they're the oldest team on defense and the third oldest team on offense. Average age of 28 on their defense which should help because they're playing against a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. Um, I know he used to coach in Indianapolis, but he was so bad they fired him and brought in a guy who used to be on television to replace him. I have no faith in Frank Reich. Um, I don't think he should be the head coach of Carolina, and uh, I think they're going to lose all of their games. So on that note, 0-17 Carolina will be losing this game again this week to New Orleans. New Orleans is giving them three points at home on Monday Night Football. Give me the Saints. I have more faith in them and the fact that they know how to take advantage of mismatches. And Carolina is going to be without J.C. Horn, who was hurt 
their number one corner and their best defensive player. Um, I don't expect much out of them, so I would probably take the under on this game as well. The over-under is 40 here. It could be mostly New Orleans. This could be a 17-3 game or 17-10 game. I'll probably not be watching it. Um, so give me New Orleans, lock that in. Ant, who do you got? Actually, this is not a lock of the week for me. But Ant, who do you have? Yeah, I know I won't be watching this, but um quite um I'm gonna go take I'm gonna take the Saints. It's gonna be a beatdown rookie quarterback versus a quite a more quite seasoned team. I'm gonna go with the Saints in this one. I know they're supposed to be um division rivals or whatever, but I don't see Carolina pulling this off. I see them definitely losing. Got Carr there, he's actually a, a quite better quarterback. More trustworthy. I can't say any say anymore. With Saints, I'm going with the under. I don't know if I'm going to watch this game flip flop back and forth. Ask me tomorrow. All right, go ahead, Malik. Yeah, you guys know I I, I tend to like to favor New Orleans um, a little bit, family history and all that stuff. Um, but they they got lucky last week against Tennessee. They did not play a complete game. Um, They're missing Alvin Kamara as their uh, explosive uh, player coming out of the backfield. Um, Michael Thomas did look okay in the very beginning. He looked pretty good in the very beginning, but he faded a little bit late. Um, The connection between Derek Carr and Chris Olave wasn't really there. The offense just sputtered, just didn't look, didn't look all that good. Um, So that, that all being said, Carolina, you know, played hard. And at times, at times looked decent against Atlanta last week, but they lost 24-10. They weren't able to muster up a good, um, good enough offense to, to, you know, to stay with the Falcons. And the Saints defense is better than the Falcons defense. Um, and that defense should travel. So I don't expect them to lose this game against Carolina. I'm going to lock this in as my fifth lock. I'm sorry, it's my fourth lock. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, my fifth, my fifth lock. Um, New Orleans on the road giving three, giving three points. So I'll go ahead and lock that in uh, New Orleans and the under. All right. And we have the final Monday night game, which is kind of weird because they're both on the East coast. We have Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Usually they do an East coast, West coast thing. So I figured, but I guess none of the West coast teams, they could have put San Francisco and the Rams on Monday night, actually. That would have been kind of nice, but I guess they need another four o'clock game. We have Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett played atrocious. Cam Hayward is hurt, so he is out. Um, T.J. Watt is still there. He had a really good game defensively, individually. As a team, they didn't. They were not able to stop San Francisco at all, which is why everybody's so high on San Francisco, because everybody believed in Pittsburgh's defense. And unfortunately, Deontay Johnson is also hurt for Pittsburgh, their starting wide receiver. Pittsburgh is only getting two and a half points. Miles Garrett is a great defensive player. Um their quarterback for Cleveland, who shall not be named, Deshaun Watson, who was just named, had a terrible game. He had a terrible, terrible game. Amari Cooper does not look as crisp as he used to, but he I do believe that he is still a pretty good football player. Luckily, Pittsburgh has George Pickens and Allen Robinson Jr. So I will be taking Pittsburgh to cover and win at home. This is my fifth block of the week. Give me Pittsburgh. And they will be winning this game over Cleveland. AFC North Divisional Battle, the home team usually wins. That's why I'm going with them. Najee Harris didn't get a lot of carries. And I think after getting embarrassed last week at home, they're not going to get embarrassed again at home and definitely not by Cleveland. I think Kenny Pickett will play better. I have 
more faith in him than any of the other quarterbacks in their roster, so they got to figure it out with him. Otherwise, they're tanking for Caleb, which would actually be a really good situation for him to come into Pittsburgh, to be completely honest. But that being said, I think they're going to win this game. Long story short, take the Steelers. Go ahead, Ant. Um, tanking for Caleb sounds like a good idea because, to me, Kenny Pickett feels like a backup quarterback. But um, I, I still – I've been starting a little bit, trust the Browns a little bit, so – it's a little trust, a little hand wipes, you know. That's his new name, hand wipes. But anyway, I want I'm, I'm going to trust him a little bit. But I have to see more from him. And this is actually in Pittsburgh. This is a home game. Pittsburgh already lost. They can't go. They can't lose. Two, they can't lose this game because this game's a. This is a, this is a, um what's the name, rivalry game. This is a, um. But anyway, if they lose this, they'll be basically down three games. If they lose this. If they lose this, I can't see them coming out and keep and, and keep this up. Whatever, Pittsburgh. I mean, the Browns have a more a little bit of a talented team to keep up with Pittsburgh. Um, and right now, I'm actually sounding like I'm rambling. So anyway, I'm going to end it short and sweet. Give me give me the on um, Pittsburgh. Give me the under on this one. I give Tomlin one more week on this one to see what happens. Oh, it's Tomlin you don't believe in. I got you. No, no, Tomlin I do believe in, hmm. but I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Ah, I hear you. Go ahead, Malik. Um, I like Kenny Pickett. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they just ran into the best team in football. Like, that was pretty much it. They ran into the best team in football, completely healthy, coming off of, you know, in week one. Um, and they got the brakes beat off of them. Like, that's basically what happened. I mean, you know, it, but to me, it didn't really say much about Pittsburgh as a team. I mean, one thing one thing that I definitely saw, even though they did lose the game, they lost pretty heavily, pretty handedly, is uh, um, TJ Watt has still got a damn good player. Uh, he had three sacks in that game. And he, he, ain't, he ain't shown no signs of slowing down at all. Um, so... Yeah, I, I see no reason to believe that Pittsburgh can't rebound and get a victory at home against a division rival who they've customarily, you know, um, you know, you know, beaten over the course of the years. So um, Deshaun Watson did not look great last week. Probably, look, probably won't look great again this week. Um, that said, I do think he will be better as the season progresses. But these first two weeks were difficult divisional matchups for for him, um, and he, they were lucky to get. They were fortunate to get out with the win. I won't say lucky, but they were fortunate to get out get out of there with the win um, against uh, Cincinnati. Um, and so, to me, they're playing with a little bit of house money. Um, they won a game they probably shouldn't have, and they're going to lose a game that they probably probably should have. They probably think was is closer for them. Um, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Not locking in. I don't have any more locks to lock in. So, but I'll take Pittsburgh, and I will take the under uh, for the last game, Monday Night Football. Dude, I like Kenny Pickett. Like I like Coy Manny's in my coffee. Wow. Okay. All right, Will Levis. That's a weird analogy. In other words, I do that? not like it. <laughs> oh, did not know that. All right, we're getting started with our shoutouts. Ant, do you have any shoutouts this week? I'm just going to keep it short and sweet because I've been rambling too long, been stretching this um, podcast too long. I'm going to give a shout out to Aaron Rodgers. You know, hopefully you come back next year. You know, you did very good. You actually, one thing that you did good for this franchise, you changed the culture. They seemed a little bit better in the locker room and hopefully it keeps up. So shout out to you on that one. And shout outs to um to X, man, the, the rookie, X on the Jets, Xavier. 
Dude came, quite he survived from going being cut. You know, quite a hard, one of the hard knocks, you know, quite stars came back, won that game. You know, quite, quite people people who watch hard knocks or people who knew know the Jets or whatever know that not to kick to this dude. But anyway, Bills kicked to him. They'll never do it again. And he scored that touchdown, even though quite I did saw a little bit tripping on the side. But we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, shouts to that. That's my that's my um shouts for the week. I'm done. All right. And for me, shout out to all of you Packers fans who were drinking up at that bar thinking that the Jets was going to lose. That's what you get. Oh, that was disgusting. With y'all sour faces, having to pay that huge tab in Milwaukee, I'm glad. It made my soul happy to see that, that y'all were sitting there thinking the Jets was guaranteed to lose. Y'all started drinking more after Rodgers got hurt after the first couple plays. And I was like, good, that's what you get. That's what you get from being terrible people. And they always say people in Wisconsin are a little bit nicer and Packers fans are such nice people. No, they're not. They're not. And I'm glad I saw that clip from local TV. And I'm glad y'all got stuck with that bill. That's what you get. Um, shout out to the Ravens. I enjoyed watching that game. And shout out to Deion Sanders and that head coach who said, you know, my mom taught me Colorado State head coach. I don't even know his name. Um, shout out to that brother. And uh, him telling, him saying, uh, my mom taught me to take my hat and my glasses off when I talk to adults. Um, when you've been as famous as Deion Sanders and have so many lights in your face, maybe you're not used to that because nobody knows who you are. You're coaching at Colorado State. So, you know, you wouldn't know what it's like to have a lot of, uh, have a lot of lights and flashing bulbs in your face. But someone who's played in multiple Super Bowls, someone who's played, you know, in the World Series and also in the Super Bowl, you know, you might not be used to that kind of stardom if you're asking you these questions. It is what it is. But I hope they drop 70 on you. I hope Colorado State gets run off the field. And I hope you learn your lesson because you poked the bear. And uh, I'm going to be taking Colorado on the over. That's my lock of the week for college. That and uh, Rutgers is going to get another win. Easy money. Go ahead, Malik. Um, yeah, you took you took one of mine, uh, Dion. Um, shout out, shout out to him. Shout out to him as well. Uh, Nebraska, um, put up a, put up a, a decent fight. Um, but they weren't able to, 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 to make things, um, to make up sweat in, in Colorado. Um, so every game Dion wins is just another game. Um, it's just another, you know, middle finger to everybody that said that said he couldn't do it. Uh, and said he was, he was crazy thinking that he could, um, and it's getting, getting some shine and some light onto those kids. Um, that otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to. So again, shout out to them and shout out to Shadur Sanders, who is making, who at the very least at the very early going of this is making himself very, very noticeable for the Heisman Trophy. Shout out again. I This is a repeat shout out from last week, but shout out again to Miss Coco Goff for winning the US Open, uh, 19 years old. She, I uh, hope you guys watched. If you guys got a chance to watch it, I do, I do watch tennis you know, you know, pretty frequently. I enjoy the sport. Um, and she did a really good job. Did not know that she had Georgia, she had ties to Georgia, but they did a really good, um, one of the Atlanta news stations did a really um, good story on her and the young man that um, lost to Novak Djokovic in like the semis, I believe it was, or the quarters. Oh, um, Blake is uh, from yeah. Uh, Georgia too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they both have Georgia ties. I think one of them, I think Coco was born here and then moved to Florida. Um, I didn't know but, Coco was uh, 19. I thought she was yeah. a little bit older. I thought she was like 22, 23. Yeah, I've been watching her since she was 15. 
15, 16? I can't remember when, when, when she won the French Open. Um, gotcha. Yeah. It was years ago. Anyway, uh, but shout out to her winning that. Shout out to, you know, uh, watching this game, this uh, Philly uh, Minnesota game, which has been a really good game so far. Uh, shout out to DeAndre Swift. Um, I know that I was in favor of, you know, trading him tra- in trading in favor of trading him from the Detroit Lions, but that wasn't because wrong. of like, the player. No, that wasn't because of like the players, just because they had to make a decision around about paying him, you know, and keeping him around. And he just had been injured a lot. So I was hoping that when he got to Philly, he got an opportunity, he was healthy. And he's showing uh, here, here on Philly with that team that he's he's worth it. 170 yards and a touchdown right now. Um, still a minute and a half, to, a minute or so to go in the game, so he might even have more opportunities to try to salt the game away. So we'll see what happens there. But shout out to him for uh, for making it, making it, making it happen. And finally, last but not least, shout out to my Detroit Lions. We recorded this game. We recorded last week on Wednesday, so the game hadn't played yet. But shout out to my Detroit Lions for doing what everybody said. People said that they were still going to lose when Travis Kelsey wasn't playing and Chris Jones wasn't playing. They said they were still going to lose. Nick Wright, Mr. Yeah, Nick Wright, first but he is first. Kansas City. I mean, come on. I don't give a damn. The man got a tattoo that said that said no, you know, it was never a doubt or some stupidness like that. He was yeah, 20 and 0, which he, is he why he was predicting 20 and 0. He was predicting they were going to go 20 and 0 and they were going to crush the Detroit Lions without yes. them. So thank you so much. Shout out to the Detroit Lions who made Nick Wright eat, you know, eat crow on that. Made him look like crap on that Friday morning, Friday afternoon. I was watching that and enjoying the hell out of it. So thank you so much. And uh, go Lions. Hope you guys win on Sunday. Oh, and uh, shout out to Skip Bayless for uh, just bringing on people on his show to let them yell at him now. That was hilarious. Yeah, he's he's like the old man in the corner now. He's just kind of leaving. He just kind of lets guys go. Like I can't believe he don't want to retire, man. Like, oh, and one more shout out to the writers that are and the actors that are still on strikes. Everybody who's bringing their shows back, y'all are being selfish. Um, Bill Maher, you're being selfish. Drew Barrymore, you're being selfish. You guys have literally been on TV and movies for the past 20, 30 years. You're both kind of A-listers. And if you really wanted to help out those people, you could have paid them out of your own pocket, but you're not going to do that. And... um yeah, I know. I'm speaking from the working man's perspective. I've never made a million dollars in the check. But Bill Maher's been doing that for about mm, 20, 25 years now. So, you know, you could have paid your staff that is not in the union off of that. And the fact that you're a WGA writer is kind of amazing to me that you're still breaking out and bringing your show back. So I'd just like to shout out all those people and all my friends that are writers out in L.A. I hope you all are doing your thing. And I hope you all win. Um, Netflix is uh, dead ass wrong. And uh, yeah, y'all deserve your your bread. And I'm glad it's costing them money. We out. Happy Sean Payne. I didn't forget.